because Facebook isn't creepy enough. Apparently, people have been getting messages asking them, are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? Get support. There's also messages that say things like, Kevin, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently, and they're warning people that nefarious actors are trying to manipulate you, to manipulate your anger and your rage. And you must click the get support button because only Mark Zuckerberg knows how to make you feel better. Well, we're going to talk a whole lot about censorship, extremism, and where that's bringing us because, well, it's all we really can talk about these days because of the censorship. You see, joining us today is a uh, a, a scientist, PhD mm-hmm. pathologist, Dr. Chris Martinson. Hi, it's you, good to be here. You are a, a an expert on, on, on many things scientific, including uh, vaccines and you know, testing, laboratory work, and medications. That's that's fair to say, correct? Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in and around labs, test tubes, pipettes. So uh, the question everyone like uh, everyone is dying to know, you know, the, the, the these very, very important questions. Uh, what do you like most about Joe Biden? <laughs> uh, mostly every time they trot him out, I just, I can only think elder abuse. Mm. <laughs> not the first I, person. I like his, uh, his, his strength mm. and his zeal and his... Is is a patriotic fervor. Yes, yes, uh, truly the, one of the greatest presidents of all time. And uh, uh, a bit aside, there's a lot that we're going to talk about in the in the in the members podcast at timcast.com, mm-hmm. and it's really serious stuff. You you're you got a PhD. I mean, but they don't. That doesn't matter. I mean, people in the chat already when they saw that your name was in the title, they're like, all right, this is banned. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to be very very careful. We're going to have a nice, fun, family friendly critique of censorship. And these big tech companies and Dr. Fauci and, uh, and then over at timcast.com, we'll get real, real serious with what we can. So, you know, bear with us. We'll have some fun for this next couple of hours as we normally do. And then we're going to, you know, have a lightning in a bottle for uh, timcast.com. But, uh, thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks. It's good to be here. And, um, this is a little bit, I, I am kind of toxic, you know, so <laughs> my, my first video out to the world about coronavirus was January 23rd, 2020 by, February 5th, my wiki page, which had been up for 12 years, got yanked. They deleted it. They deleted it. 12 years you had a Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. You're this uh, PhD pathologist. You've got, you've got a YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of followers. Yep. Not notable anymore, though. I was a non-notable person, according to Wikipedia. They said, well, this guy, yeah, he was a scientist, but what has he done lately? And, of course, this is some editor who maybe graduated high school, maybe not. We don't know, right? It's just some anonymous person claiming that I don't have scientific cred because they said so. But yeah, that was that was just within less than three weeks after I said, hey, there's this thing coming out of China. Because remember, let's rewind. That was back when the media was all like, it's just the flu, bro, right? And YouTube actually censored me for even bringing it up. Mm-hmm. It's really weird how this thing has progressed, especially with censorship. But we'll get into this. We'll start with this, this first story. So thanks for being here. We got Ian chilling. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, man. Ian Cross on up in the house. Chris, awesome to see you again, man. And you have a lot of experience with like regenerative farming. I don't know. Do you have like hands-on experience with farming and stuff? Well, I have a farm. So I'm, I'm practicing. I'm bad at it, but I'm getting better. What's your farm like? Well, we got three cows. We got about 30 chickens. Uh, we're getting a couple of pigs when I get back this week. Um, so I, you you would say you have a veritable chicken city. I as do. It were. Yes. We have little baby chickens because we've got the rooster. <laughs> but don't get the rooster. Okay. <laughs> we got a rooster. He's been screaming his mouth Just up. makes noise. You know what's yeah. funny is every time I walk up, he looks at me and then he mounts one of the chickens. Whoa. <laughs> because I think That's he's, a power move. It is. Yeah. No, it, I'm, I'm, I, I think it actually is. Because he only does it when I go up there, and they know that I'm the one who goes in, and I'm the boss, and I'm the one who always, you know, shoes them out of the way. And yeah. so he's like, "Hey, yo, look at me!" 
<laughs> I he like, jumps on a chicken. Uh, you've raised those chickens well because they're real nice to me now. If I go, in, if I get near them, they come up to me and they're really excited to see me. It's a great. Well, we'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about uh, chickens and farming and censorship. We, <laughs> we got Lydia as well. Politics of Chicken City, notwithstanding, I'm also here. These chickens are very cute and enjoyable. They'll come, they'll come up and try to bop you with their beak. Uh, mm-hmm. But we should probably get to like, talking about stuff. All right, enough chickens. Here's there what you got to do, my friends. You got to go to TimCast.com and become a member because. I think, you know, Ian, Ian mentioned what someone hit you up and they were like, can you just do an hour less of the main show and an hour more of the bonus show where we get real dark? I would love to. I love just letting loose, man. We can, we can, Mm -hmm. we, we, I think, I think there may come a time where we have to consider like some episodes like something like this. We might have to reduce the amount of time for, for this instance. We'll just keep it like we normally do. But, um, I mean, I was thinking about this before we even got started with the show. I'm like going off the checklist. Things of like, we'll get banned for that. We'll hmm. get banned for that. We'll get banned for that. We'll get banned for that. Why are we even doing a show on this platform? Well, there's a lot of people who we need to like let them know where to find these conversations. So it's like if we just stop going on YouTube, a lot of people would be confused and lost. One of the things that really helped, we started changing the name of the, the members only podcasts. And all of a sudden, now everyone's like, I can find it now. It was so hard for me to find. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I'm trying to balance that we have, you know, we get we get hundreds of thousands of people who watch these episodes every night. And how do I inform every single person? I could go on Twitter. I could tweet. People don't see it. So we'll do the show to the best of our abilities. But we can talk about a lot. We can talk about censorship. We can talk about comments made by Fauci, why we don't like the guy. And then we can talk about scientific expertise and a lot of the stuff that YouTube doesn't allow us to over at TimCast.com. So, again, I will also add, check the alpha for the new site. Oh, yeah. Everyone's morale just, like, went through the roof. It looks amazing. We're super excited. We are going to be launching the Mysteries podcast soon. Which is uh, excellent. Shane has another article up uh, right now. Actually, let me see if I can I can I can pull yes. it up right here. Uh, there we go. Shane Cashman. The Pentagon sees a balloon. So this is a this is a long mm. story talking about saucers, UFOs, and breaking things down. It's it's really really incredible stuff. So you want to check this out, and that's going to be part of a new podcast as well. So that being said, let's talk about how these creepy jerks are making it difficult for us to have real conversations. Mm. PCMag.com says Facebook prods users who've been exposed to extremist content to get help. This is where it gets, it's, get, it's, it's getting weird. It's getting real. It's getting weird. Look at this. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. The other one says, Kevin, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You can take action now to protect yourself and others. All right. You can take action. Everybody listening, you can take action right now. You can smash the like button, subscribe, and share this video. That way um, people can get a non-corporate opinion on why this is creepy and freaky. Just think think about it. That would be a peaceful action, though, of course, right? Very, very very peaceful. Pressing that like button. Peaceful smashing. Yeah, that's the big (laughs) conundrum about these, these networks. Everyone's like, why don't you get off YouTube? And it's like, bro, we upload to Rumble now. We're uploading to Rumble. Mm-hmm. Not that it's perfect. We've always uploaded. Uh, have we? I, I don't think IRLs on Minds, but my personal kind of always been kind of has always it been is on Minds. IRL is yeah. on Minds. Yeah, we 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 want to, and we want to make sure we're leveraging the networks as they exist to the best of our abilities, so we can keep the network alive. Think of it this way: the way I said it before is like, do you retreat from a battlefield where you're still holding some ground? Just because you're like that battlefield is completely open. Mm. It's like not necessarily mm. hold the ground you can. And so if there's a lot of things we can't talk about and it's getting worse, 
I'm texting some of these other big podcast people right now, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, there's breaking news. We can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to e- I email Google, and I'm like, hey, look at this story. And they're like, well, you know, and I'm, all right, can't say these things. That's insane. I will. It's, it, that's how bad and broken this is. I've noticed, I think our presence here is helping guide the uh, the YouTube behavior and, like, terms a little bit, because I noticed they relax their swearing uh, measurements, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Go for it if you want to cuss. Feel free because it's like it's just so entertaining. And if if we if we start cussing, it's hilarious. And they know that, and they want it to be hilarious. So. I don't think that's us. Well, sure it is. I think so. But, but, I'm but let's let's let's, crazy. let's talk about this Facebook thing because I just want to look at this. They say confidential support. Who do you think at Facebook is going to be the person that will reach out to you when you're like, help, help? I've seen a post from Ben Shapiro. Oh, no, like a psychiatrist <laughs> that they hired. It's going to be some woke twenty year old. Yeah. Or I mean, to be completely honest, it's going to be like some twenty year old college student from India. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no joke. I mean, out- outsourcing uh, call center stuff. You're going to get someone who's you know probably got a checklist of like, do you feel like you are sad and depressed? No. Okay. Right. Did these- Ben Shapiro touch you in any way? <laughs> No, okay. Emotionally, well, when you said exposed, I was thinking, I don't know, is this about my <laughs> uncle or what is this about? You know, what's here? going on here? These, um, like these social networks have like huge um, psychology departments to take care of their admins because the admins see such vile and vicious things as they're going through, like making sure like blown off arms or like horrific stuff. So I wonder if they're using those same therapists to help now. But I don't know. It's it's kind of vague. I mean, I don't know what they expect to get out of this other than creeping people out. But I want to show you this meme from Carrie Wedler. It says, are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. And then, of course, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi says, well, of course I know him. He's me. <laughs> yes, we've all been exposed to this content. But define extremist. Sure. Well, what? about Political what? dissident. Yeah, when I first saw this, I thought for sure that it was about Black Lives Matter and Antifa. But, of course, I was not correct. Of course, they're only talking about the right-wing extremism that they say is the biggest threat. Obviously, it should be BLM and Antifa, but it's not. And I feel like this is a flex from Facebook. They're just like, oh, we're just going to show them what we can do. We're watching you. We can see what you're looking at. We can see what you're liking. It's creepy. It's absolutely creepy, of course. And it's kind of like that old definition of, you know, what's porn? And and the Supreme Court justice said, well, I know it when I see it, right? It's going to be one of these things, right? We can't operate that way. No, we can't. Like, you need to be able to define what you're talking about. Right. So so I, I've been searching my brain. I'm, like, thinking, when was the last time in history it was awesome when censorship showed up? Like, <laughs> like when did that work out real well? Was that the Nazi book burnings? So, well, so the, the thing, U.S. Office of, of Censorship. When did so... World no, War II. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, but, you know, if you're talking about OPSEC, that might be just a little bit different from saying, I'm going to talk about a scientific paper, which somebody disapproves right. of, right? It's a very different, very different beast. So... What I find interesting in this is that all, remember, I have this, I'm cursed with this memory. I can remember all the way back to the last election, right? Mm. Remember what the, there was all this concern like Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. They were everywhere, right? So what are Nazis famous for? Well, I think they're really famous for marginalizing and, you know, shutting things down. Well, that's exactly the environment I feel like I'm living in right now. So oh, I, of course. I, I've I mean, had people call me up and say, Chris, you don't understand. This is exactly like what it was like when I was in Cuba, right when the whole revolution was going down. This is what it was like, old, this older guy, you know, during the Soviet times, right? Have you have you heard about the the, the parents Same in thing. Loudoun County? No. Was it was it Loudoun County where that woman said yeah. it's just like the Cultural Revolution yeah, or whatever? Chinese mother. The struggle sessions. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that where we are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's shocking that uh, you know there, there was there was something I wanted to ask you about. 
you know, you were talking about vaccines. You're talking about efficacy. You're talking about medical treatments. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Excellent. Wow. Ian. Green. Green. Okay. I, Thanks, YouTube. It's been a blast. This is the kind of content you want on your platform. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Swear word. I, yeah. I just learned that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned that, that green is in the middle of the human vision spectrum. So it made me think that maybe we developed the ability to see green first. And maybe that's because trees and grass are green. <laughs> Magnesium and chlorophyll is green. So we just evolved to see that was the first color we started to notice. Dude, I, 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 I am fairly optimistic. I have to be, I have to be honest. I was, I was, you know, getting pretty pessimistic for a while. And then, um, you know, Michael Malice, who's a constant influence on this so show, good. is very optimistic because he's always mocking and laughing at these people. Now, I do get some concern when he says things like, you know, look how dumb these people are. How could you possibly be worried about losing the culture war or Don't something that effect? That, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, zombies are dumb, too. But sometimes the zombies take over. They never know? stop. Yeah. Like, Diligence. and they turn mm-hmm. other people into zombies. A lot of them. That's so true. When you see the when you see the zombie like headbutting into a door and like just bouncing and they're like look how dumb it is and then ten thousand of them start marching towards you you do get scared, but I, I, but I am optimistic for a lot of reasons. Maybe, I, I, as I've been saying recently, the night is always darkest before the dawn. Maybe it's bad right now, but look at uh, uh, the stuff we've been able to do over at over at timcast.com. We, we've we've hired a couple more writers. We've got a new editor coming on. We got some, we got new podcasts. I am confident that YouTube will be forced by the market. To stop doing what they're doing, or I—I'll I, say this: I really don't think it's going to be Republicans. They're gonna—they're gonna be like wagging their finger for the next five years. Nothing's gonna happen. Hmm. But I—I uh, I should say I don't believe one hundred percent that the market is gonna force YouTube to change. But uh, look at Joe Rogan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan left YouTube um, for the most part. <clears throat> took a deal with Spotify. And he was able to host Brett Weinstein and uh, who's the other guy? Pierre Coy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can't repeat what they said on that show. But it is a great show. And I highly recommend everyone, everyone, watch that show. Mm-hmm. It, and it the New York Times wrote, wrote, wrote a, a, a pseudo hit piece on Joe recently mentioning the conversations they're having. Now, I'm not entirely convinced Spotify is happy with the conversations they're having, ha- mm-hmm. having, but he's got a deal and they can't just ban him. So it allows... It's like it's like Joe got himself locked into place on a platform that probably would have banned him if he did it independently. If Joe, well, Joe being Joe, they probably would have loved it if he just went to Spotify. But if uh, for a channel like this, if we did the same show as Joe off of YouTube, Spotify would probably ban it. They had they had all those employees at Spotify trying to get Joe banned. But he's got this deal where he's like locked into place. And he, <laughs> he's got 11 million listeners. So, yeah. you know, what are they going to do? He's got more listeners than most Nearly all of mainstream media, so he's got power. Is, is that, that the metric that's come out? Eleven million listeners. I don't think that's the last one I heard. Because like, that, 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 he has that, he has like 10, 10 million subscribers on YouTube, or is it like eleven million subscribers? I'm wondering how many people still listen to him on Spotify, though. I don't anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I I haven't. No, no disrespect. Like Joe's rad. Consider him a friend. I haven't checked out. I haven't been able to see one of his shows. There was one instance where a show came up, and I like tried pulling up Spotify to figure it out. And I just like I give up. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a little barrier of entry. I used to just pull up the thing on YouTube with no problem, and I would have it like playing to my left while I'm like reading news and stuff, mm-hmm. and I just listen for a couple hours. You know, it's harder I, when I, I have so much respect for Brett Weinstein, and so I, I will go the distance for him and, and Joe, of, of course. But it really because I was like you, I didn't get Spotify, I wouldn't get it. I was like f this, but. When you see these people, I mean, he, he's friends with some of the most influential and amazing humans on earth. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. I'm going for that. And Spotify knows it. Their valuation after they paid Joe, whatever it was, $100 million or whatever, 
is up like billions, billions of dollars. I know, and, and I regretted not buying any of that stock because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like a bunch of people knew that it was happening, and then like I didn't even think about it, and then instantly as soon as they announced it in the press, it, like skyrocketed. I'm like, mm. weren't people talking about that behind the scenes? Like, didn't someone tell me something about that? I gotta pay <laughs> attention more to this stuff. I don't, I don't think that's insider trading though. I have nothing to do with the business. Someone just mentioned, hey, I think this thing's gonna happen. I'm like, eh, I don't want to care. <laughs> All right, darkest before the dawn, though. I got to tell you, I know a lot of people have been canceled and censored just in the past two weeks. Mm. It's getting like, worse. Like big stuff, right? So, what, so, so this woman um, who works for the FLCCC, Joyce, she, she writes this this really big article well, called the, the FLCCC. Oh, sorry, that's the Frontline COVID Critical Care Doctor. Okay. So that, that's Dr. Pierre Corey. So my first YouTube strike happened when um, I was reviewing his testimony. So he was in front of the Senate, had like eight million views. I thought this is safe, so I took his thing, I pulled three clips. Just reacted to the three clips saying, hey, you should listen to what he's saying here. It makes sense. That was my first strike. They gave you a strike. That was recently. They, they took down this guy's Senate testimony. They did that, too. But they gave me the strike for reviewing the testimony, right? I wonder if they're going to get mad at us for mentioning the testimony <sighs> at all. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think so. They might get mad, but I don't. it doesn't violate any terms to talk People, about uh, content, as far as I bro, know. To reference it. Bro, yeah. uh, Crowder got a strike for mentioning CDC data. Mm. It's, it's, they don't care, man. Exactly. They are carpet bombing channels. Yes. And so people are like, Tim, why do you keep saying talk to your doctor so much? First and foremost, I genuinely believe a private doctor knows more than, than your Rogan, doctor. Fauci, or yeah. anybody on TV. But also it's like when we do, when we do segments for this show, we do a two hour podcast. Of course, in the context of the live show, I'll say something like, it is my genuine opinion. That, you know, you, your medical history to a private doctor, like your personal doctor, he's going to know what's better for you than anybody on TV or whatever. But then when we do another segment, because we break them up, that context has to be in it as well. Otherwise, we'll get banned. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating. People like, so if we, if we talk for 10 minutes and at the beginning of it, I say, make sure you go to your doctor. We make a clip where we're like, here's what Dr. Chris Martinson was saying. And it has to be included. YouTube spe- specifically told me that. Mm-hmm. And then if we make another 10 to 15 minute segment, we're talking about something else. And as soon as it comes up, I have to say it. Otherwise we get banned. Okay. Well, it's good information too. It's not just hyperbole. It's not just, it's not just a show of faith. I mean, you really do want to talk to your personal doctor about your personal medical business. They, I know it is. It, th- this is what Candace Owens was saying was like, why are people so dumb that they're going to like listen to a comedian and then take that as medical <laughs> advice? People need to have some responsibility for yeah. their actions. And I'm mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Like the the media gets mad at Joe Rogan for having an opinion on vaccines. And it's like, yeah, we do. It, it says a lot about our society that may, maybe it's just more about YouTube and their faith in humanity versus humanity in general. Like, if someone did a, a podcast where they said, I'm not even gonna make a hypothetical because YouTube would be mad at me. But if they did, if they, if someone said something like, you know, ride your bicycle backwards, it's fun. And then a bunch of people just went and did it and got hurt. YouTube genuinely believes people will watch people and like, they genuinely believe people will watch YouTube channels and then just instantly be like, I'm gonna do everything they just did. Like without thinking about it. They all, they all jumped off a bridge. Well, well, I will that, too. Isn't that kind of the divide? So I trust the people who follow me to be intelligent and take responsibility. And they do. I trust them. YouTube has this other sort of patrician attitude, which is, listen, we know we can handle this information, but we're worried about other people, right? So it's this very sort of looking down that they believe that all these other people are going to do really dumb stuff. So remember way back when there was this whole thing, and I can't even know if I can say the word, but but this woman gave this – this guy died from this fish tank cleaner. And, yes. they, and they used it and used it and used it and used it. And then his buddies wrote and said, by the way, Bruce was a really – 
was a careful guy. He was an engineer. He never would have spooned stuff in. And by the way, his wife was new, and she was a complete raging, you know, bitch. And so they were a little worried that maybe something had happened because, yeah. you know, guys tend to, if they're going to off their partners, they do it violently, and women choose poison. And so it's a very old story. And so there's a real story there that, that somebody could look at, and the media just ran with it over and over and over again that that's the danger, this one case that well, this happened. And Trump it's much it, more complicated than it's been presented. Yeah. If, if, if Trump says something, it's got to be wrong and bad. There was something funny happened recently. Trump goes to the border, right? And uh, uh, Kamala Harris won't go to the border. She won't deal with immigration. Trump announces he's going to go there. And he did. And he had, a, he had a press conference with Greg Abbott. And, of course, then Kamala immediately is like, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Apparently, she went to the wrong place. Like, she went to somewhere that wasn't relevant necessarily. Like 800 miles away, yeah. But Close. I, I, yeah, I noticed uh, – uh, someone, someone noticed this on Twitter. They said – I think it was Politico put out Trump's having a very, very bad day. And they mentioned, like, I think the CFO from Trump Organization was indicted on, like, not paying taxes on oh, benefits, yeah. which is the weirdest thing. Taxes, like, man. Yeah, but, like, th- 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 this is such a slap on the rest level offense. Usually they're just like, hey, you owe us a million dollars. And they go, okay, here's your million dollars. Have a nice day. They actually indicted the guy for not paying taxes on his benefits. And so, anyway, you see this email come out saying Trump is having a really bad day. And it's like they're just lying in wait to say if Trump does anything, we need to shut down that conversation before it could happen. Mm-hmm. So Trump supporters are watching, it's, right? It's a bit, we have this reoccurring conversation about leaders and followers and who's what and, and the, the, the danger of too many leaders, you know. The, the, but what, I'm interested to hear what you think about, like, just the nature of humanity that, that we sort of segment into this one leader and a bunch of followers. And society, it's almost now that society thinks that they've just like, this is how it's going to be. There's a bunch of people that are followers by nature. You can't change it. It's human nature. So we have to protect against that. You know, we've got these people at the top or whatever that are supposedly like trying to build a world around that concept. And I, what do you think about that? Well, if listen, I'd be all for I would love to be able to relax into the idea that you have a good, competent leader out there. Right. But I don't. I really honestly think our leadership right now is taking us in a direction this horrifying. Every dimension I look at this. Right. So the Federal Reserve is now printed. It has a balance sheet that's $8 trillion. Look at the price for cold rolled steel. Look at the price. I mean, we just have inflation raging, and all they can think to do is their precious stock market, they're going to keep throwing money in. It's the dumbest thing ever, right? And that's the leadership we have on the economic side. But I got to tell you, again, still, I look at what's happening ecologically around here in terms of species loss, particularly at the bottom of the food chain. One does not willingly lose the bottom of the food chain. We're right. losing insects. We're, because we're losing insects, we're losing the birds. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where you can't quite predict what's going to happen. People are like, oh, you know, you lose a few honeybees, we get some honeybees. But eventually you lose one too many species, and then the next thing you know, you have this mysterious brown mold going across your crops, and you don't know what's happening because there is something too complicated to understand. So we need – our leadership is taking us down the wrong direction, but they have one unifying thing. If you can make money at it, mm-hmm. it's an okay thing, right? Regarding the bees, we talked a little bit about the bees – dying and colony collapse disorder and that it's linked to neonicotinide pesticides. Those things are the worst. I, I wrote about those in 2015, right? It was completely obvious what had happened back then. This is Everybody heard about maybe DDT and Silent Spring, Rachel Carson, mm-hmm. Trace's book. We said, oh, never again. We learned our lesson. We didn't. We've created a worse thing with the neonicotinoids. First off, they don't just target your insect species you want. They're a biocide, not an insecticide. A, a single cro- coating on a kernel will kill a bird. Second thing is it has a thousand life half days. So you're a farmer, you spray it on your field. A thousand days later, half of it's still there. But you know, wow. you farm every year. 
So you spray a little more in 365 days, and it's just now accumulating. To the point, I was standing under an apple tree in, I live in rural western Massachusetts. We live next to the largest contiguous wilderness area left in Massachusetts, four square miles. It's beautiful. And we had no bees, no bees this spring. No little ones, no big ones, no bumblebees, no honeybees, nothing. I went outside nothing. earlier. Um, we had a bunch of blackberry bushes everywhere. And, and they're called wine berries. I thought they were raspberries, but I guess they're too, wine yeah. berries. That's like an East Asian variant, which is invasive, whatever. And, uh, they're delicious. They're everywhere. But, uh, I went outside and we got the little white flowers growing everywhere. There mm-hmm. was like a thousand bees, like bum- oh, nice. bumblebees. Now, when I grew up, I was always like freaked out because I'm allergic, but it's, it's yellow jackets you're worried about. Mm-hmm. I walked through a field of flowers so nice. and the bees and the bees were chilling like my own business. Yeah, yeah, they're chill. They're, Just don't they're, step they're, on them. They're, they're, they're totally happy. People. They're good people, you know? They are. They, they're they, very good. They, they did their oh. thing. I did my thing. They're helping make the berries come in and everything. And, uh, oh, I found some pawpaw too. I'm really excited about that. Did you that. eat one? That's cool. No, they're not ready yet. They're, they're tiny, but it's going to be really great. We're really excited for this. Uh, but, but anyway, back to the more serious topic. <laughs> there we um, go. I've, I've, I've talked to bad leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've talked, you, you, last yeah. time you were on the show, you mentioned that, like, uh, uh, not just colony collapse disorder, but like insect populations in general have in been general. on decline. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when I talk to uh, people who are in the more political space, like you're a scientist, you know, mm-hmm. I talk to people in the political space and they're like, oh, all this climate change stuff, all this overpopulation stuff. It's not true. It's it's political. And I'm like, oh, we had this guy on was talking about like you I think you mentioned last time, like ocean dead zones, too, or did mm-hmm. I, I, might have brought, I may have brought that up. Yep. But yeah, like what's your what's what's your opinion on what's going on with with the insect populations collapsing with uh with that stuff? And we're 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 deviating a little bit, but we'll 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 rope things back, but I really want to hear your your thoughts on this. Well, well thanks cuz cuz this is really this is the core of what I what I do in the world is I'm I'm trying to talk about the that we're at a very unusual time in human history, not US history, not Chinese history, not Indian history, you just human. And we're at a at a point now where there isn't a spare continent. Like there isn't an extra place to go, right? Even the, you know, the WF crowd, the Davos crowd, they have the Great Reset, and they, they open with one of their slides. They say, by 2050, we're going to need three planets or resources, but we only have one. What are we going to do, right? So it's actually a major driver of politics, finance, you know, futures, hopes, dreams. So it's a big deal. But I like to drive things down to little anecdotes so that it makes it, makes it easier to understand. So I'm, I'm reading these papers. These scientists have said, hey, all the salmon smelt are, are, are swimming upside down and falling and dying. It's not cool because you're trying to save the salmon, right? And the, they look into it and they find out that the salmon are missing thiamine, which is a B vitamin. Just it's missing. So then they go scouring all over the world and it's missing from the whole. It's missing from the oceans everywhere. Whoa! So how did we humans? How did we? How did we? How do you mess up the thiamine cycle? Right? It's crazy. I mean, you look, it's like there's all these science articles about it. That one thing alone, I'm like, we've we've done something that has damaged the ocean so severely that the fish can't reproduce, which means the birds can't eat. So bird, oceanic bird populations down 70%, right? You push that to a point, we live in a complex ecological web, and we don't know. This is the dread. You don't know when that one thread snaps. And now it kicks into a new state of being, which we might not like. We might not find it so awesome. We don't know. But we should have a little humility and back up a tiny bit, I think. So, so you're basically saying that a lot of this stuff's true. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, colony, what's it called? Colony collapse disorder with the yep. bees. And, and we need pollinators. Badly. And I, you, when you, when you have a, a farm, a garden, or you've even got like wild uh, fruits and vegetables growing, you really understand the importance of pollinators. So, uh, I mentioned pawpaw, for instance. This mm-hmm. is, they call it hillbilly banana. And it looks delicious. I think I've had it before a long time ago. It is very difficult to produce. Because you need two genetically distinct pawpaw trees, mm-hmm. very close to each other, 
and beetles have to pollinate, like so beetles and flies. So apparently people hang roadkill near the trees, hoping that the flies will pollinate. Ew. It's so <laughs> crazy how some some things are difficult. Now, that balance can get disrupted. But here, here's what I, what I, to rope all these things back together, you mentioned censorship. We, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about that. You're, you've been censored. But then you're also saying things that probably support a lot of these like UN agenda things, like Agenda 21 for a sustainable development or Agenda 2030, which is the sustainable development goals. We, mm-hmm. we talked about that yesterday. It sounds kind of like you're, in a way, similar to Rorschach from Watchmen. Are you familiar? Mm-mm. So uh, basically... The, the, the bad guy, Ozymandias, simulates an alien invasion so that it ends the Cold War because the U.S. and Soviet Union are about to blow each other up. By simulating an alien, simulating the alien invasion, it stops the war from happening. They unify against this perceived alien threat. So he lies to the people of the world to stop them from this war. He is, he's a smart guy, but... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dr. Manhattan and all the heroes, they find out what he's doing. Dr. Manhattan, of course, is the only guy with real superpowers. Rorschach is a moral absolutist. So even though he understands what the bad guy did, actually saving the world with his evil plan, killing millions of people, he says, I'm still going to tell everyone anyway what's happening. And so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, last time you were on the show, you mentioned these things. A lot of people, you know, in the political space don't know about or disagree Mm -hmm. with. And you're actually making a case for why we need to curtail a lot of what's going on with uh, fossil fuels and, and, and human mass production of petrochemicals and things like that. But then you're also coming out and telling everybody the, the, the truth about certain studies, things we can't mention right now. But we will mm-hmm. mention it at TimCast.com. Can't wait. Because it's like you're aware of what's going on. And uh, I guess to put it simply, it sounds like you're more dedicated to the truth, you know? Uh, well, I, well, I am. And, and, you know, I'd like to add one plus one today and get two. And I'd like that to happen tomorrow as well. Yeah, I, but, I, I like consistency. Like but that. you you know, two plus two is five now. So well, that's the problem, right? And that's that's um, a derivative of how many genders we have, which is some <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> multiple, yeah, that, right. Well, so so in, 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 I know these are, are difficult subjects and all that, and and um, but it does speak to this idea that that we're at a critical crossroads, and the only way I can think to get through it is by being honest, unflinchingly honest. With ourselves and being able to talk about things no matter how uncomfortable. So this whole, this censorship is coming at a bad time because it's saying we won't allow you to talk about stuff if it's going to like pinch pharma profits or whatever the story is, right? Or their global agenda. Or their global agenda. These, so, so in part of my work, I get to hang out with a lot of these very, very rich people and I hate to tell you this, they're just people. Yeah. Right? They're not that much smarter. They think they are, but they're actually not, right? So, um, this thing that we're in right now is a complex world. Here's the thing about complex systems. They have emergent behaviors, meaning you can't predict what they're going to do. You just can't. So they're going to have these wonderful plans, and they're going to try and like control everything, and they think they can control all of this down. But I think that's what got us into this trouble in the first place. We tried to control everything. Monsanto, Syngenta, they had a better pesticide. Let's just see if we can get this right. And 
you do that, and then nature says, oh, no, that was a bad idea. Are you familiar with Frederick Bastiat? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not super familiar with him, but I just saw a meme. Who is he, real quick? Uh, what, maybe 1700s or so? Um, he was a uh, an economist and a philosopher of, of sorts. He, he has a great quote: "If the natural tendencies of mankind are so bad that it is not safe to permit people to be free, how is it that the tendencies of these organizers are always good? Do not the legislators and their appointed agents also belong to the human race?" Or do they believe that they themselves are made of a finer clay than the rest of mankind? Hmm. These world improvers. Wow. You got to watch out for them. I, that, 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 that quote right there is, yes, is, is great. the perfect summary of things I've been saying about why I don't trust the authoritarianism. When Bill Gates gets up on that TED stage and he's like, you know, we've got 6.4 billion people on the planet and we're looking at 9 billion in the next 10 years with vaccines and, and, and reproductive health services and healthcare. We can lower that by maybe 10 to 15%. This becomes like a wild conspiracy theory where they're saying he wants to depopulate. What he's actually saying is population management to end poverty. Mm-hmm. That That's the Reuters fact check official statement. And I'm just like, Bill Gates is not a super genius with a giant pulsating brain that makes him levitate and fly through the air. He's a guy. But he's a guy who figured out how to collect resources. Mm-hmm. That does not mean he knows how to manage the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would bet a large sum of money... It, it, it's actually a good example of why he can't manage the world. His expertise is in a very specific location. How is he supposed to determine what's, what works for billions of people? That quote put it, put it, put it perfectly. I agree with that. I, I completely do. And, and the, again, they're, they're just people. They're just people. And if we're going to sort of pop through this in any way, shape, or form using technology, which, you know, the Davos crowd loves that idea. The only thing I can imagine is that we actually put AI in charge of something because AI can manage actual complex things but we might build this program and we're going to hate what it says because it's going to do something it's going to say beep 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 you shouldn't grow cotton in arizona desert that's dumb (laughs) no strawberries in new york in the winter sorry right no avocado toast in new york in the winter we're gonna hate williamsburg explodes overnight (laughs) we're gonna hate it well like oh scrap that that's obviously (laughs) dumb you know that's that's the, the funny thing that i've been saying about a lot of these big cities, I see the cities as being the problem. And it's not rural conservatives mm-hmm. that are the problem. Uh, I, I mentioned the other day, people who live in rural areas, well water, which is a sustaining, self-sustaining cycle for the most part. Yeah. Some areas get stripped and there's problems. But typically, if you live in the middle of nowhere, you got a mm-hmm. well, you don't got to worry about it. Uh, you have septic systems, which are also, in, in to a great degree, self-regulating and have done properly. Uh, I, I could be wrong about this, but we've had, you know, because we, we're on a septic system. I had the guy who said, if you do it right, we never have to come back out. Mm-hmm. However, most people don't because that's like a paper towel on the toilet is doing it wrong mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Usually. And, 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 and plastics and cigarette butts and things like that. But you look at these cities and, uh, they, 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 they must have their strawberries in winter. And no matter how many times the climate change activists say things like, Hey, we should stop eating out of season fruits. They themselves do it. Here, uh, you, know, you know what my absolute favorite moment was? It came yesterday. You're familiar, are you familiar with the Sunrise Movement? Mm-hmm. These are like the climate change activists. They're like, we got to save the planet. So last night in New York, there was a widespread alert. Everyone's got to shut off their AC and turn yeah. the power off because the consumption was overloading the grid and power was dropping out in certain areas. They said, stop unnecessary use of air conditioning. That's a fair point, to be honest. Some people don't realize this. They'll like, they'll have, maybe you're, you're in a two bedroom apartment and you got AC on in a room you're not in. 
Well, why don't you turn it off, stay That's in one room, yeah. help alle- uh, alleviate some of the stress. The Sunrise Movement tweeted, what is unnecessary use of air conditioning? We're trying to survive this deadly heat wave. And I'm like, yo, you're the climate change. It was change. 90. But, but like, these are the climate change people <laughs> yep. arguing for the right to use air conditioning. In these cities, they, they, they concentrate all of the problems that they're complaining about, especially like police, police brutality. But you think about a septic system, which is in many ways self-regulating. What do the cities do? Gigantic sewer systems that dump the sewage into the ocean or the lakes. This is, the, this is what blows my mind. Chicago. All, the, all, all of the cities surrounding the Lake Michigan are dumping sewage oh. into the lake. Jeez. And it flows all right down to Chicago where everyone's got a, dancing around it and on the beaches. Mm-hmm. You go to the middle of nowhere. That's not happening. So cities are are these giant dissipative structures. They just think that it's just food and energy go pouring in and waste comes pouring out, which is cool as long as you have, you know, a lot of food and energy and stuff like that. But we're coming up in this period of time. It's going to get really awkward, right, where we don't have quite the energy we want to do all the things we want. And then we have to have those conversations about what we're going to do. The, the right time was when Jimmy Carter put his cardigan on and had a speech and said, maybe we should insulate our houses better. We were like, nah. <laughs> Let's not, that's okay. So now we have these excessive heating Boomers. and cooling costs, you know, yeah. right? So, so if we were going to do this in an egalitarian way, I think we could come up with a, with a, a, a currency, cryptocurrency, right? Tie it to a barrel of oil. So when it comes out of the ground, this currency is created and then it gets consumed when the oil gets used. So if Bill Gates wants to have a fleet of jets and 60 houses, he's going to have to figure out where to harvest those. He's going to have to buy them from me. And my price is going to be, he'll have to go out into the open market and get his fair share of those things, right? This very is very hard to do. This is exactly what I, I, what I think is happening is people like Bill Gates, he doesn't want everybody out of poverty. I don't think he really cares. Maybe it's some like fanciful nebulous goal like, wouldn't it be great if people weren't in poverty? I think he's actually thinking like, wait, wait, you mean because of all of these problems around the world, I've got to give up my jet? What if, wait, 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 what if we get all of the people of the United States to stop flying? Can I fly then? Well, technically, okay, good. That's what they keep doing. They tell everybody else to sacrifice. They keep their private jets. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm completely convinced that we cannot legislate or use politics to get out of this because telling people to change does not make them change. Mm-hmm. You need to incentivize it with a better system that functions better, like the change just where I it's easier and more fun and, and more useful. I think the problem is you've got evil people who lie, cheat, and steal to gain power. That's definitely part of the problem. And I that, think if we, were, if we were allowed to have open and fair and honest conversations – we wouldn't be in this problem in the first place. So, so look at like Bill Gates was on TV like constantly, right? They're asking him about the vaccine. Fact, what do you think, Bill? What do you think? What do you think? The guy's got a bunch of money. By the way, I know people who've worked for him directly. He's a full-on sociopath, psychopath. Mm. He, he was very. He's not a great technologist, but he was very good at crushing his competition, right? So that's his genius. Great. So he made a pile of money. But why does that qualify him to suddenly be the world's expert on vaccines? <laughs> this was the the best thing about the Rogan scandal. We call it a scandal, I guess. Yeah. When he gave his opinion on vaccines. You you simultaneously had these articles where they're like, how dare Joe Rogan give give advice? He's not a doctor. Bill Gates says, However, here's his advice on medical treatments. And then I tweeted about that and someone responded, because Bill Gates is saying what's in line with these organizations. And I'm like, then why not write the article saying CDC recommends instead of Bill Gates? You see the point? Mm-hmm. And, and, and pay no attention to the fact that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funds a lot of the same organizations that are saying the things that he's in alignment with, right? Their tentacles go far. They, they, they're, I think they're like half the WHO's budget. They fund Gavi. They I, fund I, all these things. I saw a really funny meme. It said, I'm not going to take advice from a guy who thinks population growth is a problem. Like, 
he's talking about how do we control the population, manage it properly. You see, this is the funny thing. This is how they, this, this is how the media boxes people into the conspiracy theory bubble. Bill Gates gave a TED talk where he was talking about eliminating poverty. And he explained several ways that several things we need to do in order to achieve that. I like the idea of eliminating poverty, but poverty is relative. The only real way to eliminate poverty is communism when you make everyone poor. You eliminate wealth. Exactly. Exactly. If everyone's equally poor. But as long as there's someone who has more, there will be a poverty bracket. Now, in, in his speech, he said that the, the joke I made earlier where I did the silly voice that, uh, you know, we have we have 6.4 billion people. We're looking at 9 billion in the next several years. If we have with vaccinations, health care and reproductive health services, we can reduce that by about 10 to 15 percent. He was talking about out of control population growth. Reuters fact checked this and said all of these people are conspiracy theorists who believe he's talking about culling humans. He's not. He's just saying we shouldn't have mass population growth. Mm-hmm. OK, that's the official narrative then. Great. If the guy is, is, is publicly speaking about controlling the level of population and it is publicly accepted and fact checked that that's the case, then I don't think he cares about you as an individual. And that's why I say talk to your own doctor. Because because the people who get advice from people like Bill Gates or a comedian for that matter are not getting proper advice. But the problem, Joe Rogan gets attacked, mm-hmm. and what was Joe's immediate response? I'm a moron. Listen to Doctor Fauci, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Fauci doesn't know anything about you. Like I, I said this the other day, like we well, got like you got like a lump on your butt, and the doctor says, oh, I can't give you a treatment because of the lump on your butt. Fauci doesn't know about the lump on your butt, but you walk in front of a bar, get drunk, and then they give you a medical treatment. Mm-hmm. I say this too much, but, you know, I, 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 it's frustrating. It does bear repeating. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, in, in particular, um, what I don't like is, is how science has become religified. It's become a religion for people. And scientism. I, scientism. It's a great term for it. So Pope Fauci, you know, people like, oh, but Fauci said as if it was an infallible thing. I've caught that guy in more misstatements, lies, and scientific errors. You know, that's it's a little hobby of mine, and he's I've been a, I've been doing it for over a year. He's 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 a, he's a wreck. He's a TV doctor. Yeah, he's, I understand. When, he has when's a, the last a, time you saw a patient? Do you think? Hasn't it been thirty years? Is that uh, was that they said? At least, he, and the guy hasn't like picked up a, a scientific instrument. He's been a bureaucrat for thirty years. That's fine. I, you know, somebody can be smart and sit down and learn stuff. I I get that, but. People talk about him as if he really is the smartest guy out there. Do you know how hard it is to be a bureaucrat at his level? Do you know what his day is like? It's all emails and meetings and politics. We saw his emails leak. We know all about that stuff. So I love that he comes out, you know, if they're criticizing me, they're criticizing science. That was like, a, li- that was a bridge on, too far. That was <laughs> <laughs> That's a bridge too far. That was just, yeah. He said it twice, too. He doubled, he doubled down. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I view him as a TV doctor. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not Dr. Phil. But he's literally a guy who doesn't, who's not seeing patients, who's not uh, currently in academia. He works for the government reviewing what, – what, what does he do? He reviews grants and, he, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then he goes on TV and gives his opinions, but he's not the guy in the lab. So when this all started happening last year, what, we, we saw his emails leak. What did we see? He started asking people in labs, hey, what's going on with this? Was this one of ours? Can you give us advice? He didn't know. So I, I noticed this. Very early on, I was like, I like Fauci. He's all right. You know, he's, he's, he's doing his best. He's, he's trying to tell us what, what, what he can. And then after a few instances where he would come out and give advice, I was like, now, now hold on a minute. What he just said, that was on CNN two days ago. He's just repeating what they said two days ago. Then when he contradicted himself, 
that was that's where I started to be like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. The dude just waited two days after the news said something and then repeated it. Yeah, he's just a, he's just. I love how they complain that Trump would be sitting in his you know chair watching Fox News and then he would tweet what he saw on Fox News. I'm like, what do you think Fauci's doing? He's watching CNN and then they ask him to come on and create this recursive loop where CNN says, here's what we're learning. And then Fauci goes, yeah, here's what we're learning. And the double masking thing Mm. was the perfect example of the recursive loop of non-science. He gets asked randomly. Now, doesn't it, doesn't it make, it makes sense that people wear two masks would would be better off? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, Two masks would be, would be common sense. And then all of a sudden people start saying, Fauci says we should all wear two masks. So then he comes out and says, you don't need to be wearing two masks. And then all of a sudden the CDC announces, we're now recommending two masks. And then Fauci comes back out and says, you should probably be wearing two masks. And then they actually had, they actually had this, this image. I can't remember what channel was CNN where it's like three masks. Mm -hmm. And then the meme came out about like 12, 17, 20. That was the perfect example of the recursive loop of Fauci watches TV. It repeats, and then there's, it's repeated in the press, and then it gets adopted politically. It's just. It's, it's not science if he does it. It's not science if anybody does it. And, and he also said at that same interview, he's like, I am science, right? <laughs> I am science. Everything I did was, was scientifically backed up, right? But no, his first admonition for people not to wear masks, he admitted later, was a political calculation where they're saying, well, we didn't really have enough for the healthcare workers and the people, so we thought we'd sort of try and steer people away so we could preserve them. That's not a scientific well, decision. That's a political decision. And let's break this down. He lied. Let me just let me just express. He said, he, it came out later, I think it was like July of last year, he's like, well, we didn't have enough masks for all of our medical professionals, and they needed masks, so that was the advice we gave. However, and this is what he said, we didn't realize that people could spread COVID asymptomatically, so once we realized that, we we reversed course and said, okay, no, you, you need to be wearing masks. Here's the problem. So, well, well, listen, listen. Yeah. We, 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 you don't need to go out and buy N95 masks. You don't need to go out and buy actual medical grade face masks. You could have wrapped a shirt around your face and I've done it. Fauci could have come out immediately and said, some, you know, look, if you've got a scarf or some, some cloth face covering, you might as well wear it. It'll, it'll, it'll help out. So, so by March of 2020, there was this little shop in Southern California called the Sway Sew Shop. And these women start making these face masks and they bought themselves a particle intrusion detection machine for like three grand and started testing different things out, found all these different things and found one brand of blue shop towel that was as good as an N95, sewed <laughs> that into their mask and had it solved. So what if Fauci had come out and said, look, we have a problem. So this is again, back to my original point. They don't trust people. I would trust people in that position. I say, look, we screwed up. We should have had masks on, 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 on store. We should have. We, we should have been ready for a pandemic. We didn't. We forgot to do that. Our bad. We won't do that again. But we're going to need your ingenuity. Please, here's a million-dollar challenge. Anybody who can figure out how to make a better mask in a sew shop, go. And you would have seen this amazing stuff happen. But what, it would have what, been amazing. What, been awesome. what, did, what did we learn later? That it wasn't even about N95. It was that the masks may stop a droplet, and that's all we needed. In which case... People, Any, went, anything I, is better than nothing in that scenario. By I, far, I went to I went to Home Depot. We're buying we're buying wood because we were like building ramp stuff, and they're like, "You need a mask." And I was like, "Oh!" And I I, I, I walk back to the car. I pull a t shirt from the back seat and I wrap it on my face. And they're That's like, funny. "Good to go." They were like, "Yeah, t shirt folded over twice. That's thicker than an N ninety five. You're you're great." Except mm-hmm. you got you got to remember they don't stop droplets. They absorb the droplets, and then you got to wash them out. You gotta wash them out. Oh, I wish man. the first day he came out was like, <laughs> you gotta wash your mask every day. You, 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 you gotta know? wash your mask. 
my favorite moment is iconographic. So, so the, then Surgeon General at the time, he says, he goes out and he's going to show how to, how to do the, how to do the t-shirt thing, right? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So he, he comes out, <laughs> yeah. and the T-shirt he picks says, got naloxone, right? Which is the <gasps> antidote for an opiate overdose. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just thinking, like, just metaphorically, the Surgeon General's going, showing us how to fold up a got naloxone T-shirt to make it into a, an impromptu Why mask. Why use that shirt? Why? So somebody, he had a, somebody picked that on purpose. So I'm always looking for the symbolism, but I just like, that was bizarre. Whoa. You sometimes through wonder the looking why. Glass. Sometimes things happen with this stuff, and I'm just like, why? You want to believe there's some secret conspiracy going on because they can't be that dumb, right? This is, this is why I'm, I'm, I tell you, they're just regular people. That was a really yeah. dumb decision right there. Someone, maybe it was, uh, it was Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. So they had, they pulled a shirt out of a box and said, here you go. And he was like, great. And he didn't think twice. <laughs> yeah, but there was a reason <laughs> that shirt was in that box. That's for sure. <laughs> the locks I, it was when the people started <laughs> selling, um, like, like, Masks that with like branding on it and like pictures and stuff is when I knew the shark had been, in my opinion, the shark had been jumped. Oh, dude, yeah. I got ads on Facebook for like, it's like a, it's like this male model and he's like looking all serious with these special glasses. He's got this sweater on where the zipper is off to the side and he's wearing a mask that's got like sharp edges and points in it. It's, it's like fancy designer masks. Now it. you go to, we went to the mall and we bought a bunch of silly games and puzzles and there's a massive bin and it was like, it was like 75% off masks, buy two, get one, or like buy one, get one free. And just like, no one's touching them. Mm-hmm. Well, now we got the Delta variant though. Now Delta. they're, now they're saying that, uh, because of the Delta variant, well, uh, so the CDC, I believe it was CDC director said, if you're vaccinated, the, the, then the, the, the variant is no issue. But LA reinstituted their guidelines and we're seeing lockdowns in Australia, just in general because mm-hmm. of the COVID strain. And I think Canada as well has been locking. Yeah. Have, have you heard about that? Canada mm-hmm. maybe? Yep. And in Israel too, considering it. I'm interested. Yeah. What exactly is the Delta variant? Are you familiar? I, I am. Uh, how, how wonkish you want to get it? It's, I don't it's know. kind of a cool story. Just objective. It really is. Yeah. Just the one that YouTube says that we're allowed to talk about because we are serfs to the YouTube machine. Sure. So, um, and then we'll I'm, talk I'm, about the real, the, the more serious in-depth stuff at, at, at TimCast.com. Well, well, this, this makes the Delta variant sound a little bit, a little bit ominous. So YouTube's going to love this. <laughs> as long as it scares people. Good TV, I guess. Yeah. Right? All right, so, so when we say a, a, a variant, what we're really talking about is there's this genetic structure and it's a string of letters. And some of those letters change over time randomly. And every so often, one of those random changes makes it do something, like be more transmissive. And those, if it makes it more transmissive, that survives better. So that's a variant because, like, if it if it has an 80% better chance of jumping from me to you, that's the one you get, and then you get it, and then it's just boom, right? It, if, if it were to change and make it less transmissible, would it still be considered a variant? It would, but it'd die out pretty quickly yeah. in, in the overall thing because this is survival of the fittest. It's just evolution, right? Yeah. So the, 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 the virin that, that can do the better transmissive job is going to go farther, right? So we had the first one. It was called the D614G, and what that means, the D is an amino acid. It got changed into a G. At the 614 position, that was the original one. That's the, that, the so-called UK variant, 40% more transmissive. Wow. The Delta has that, has all, all the old favorites, plus it has this last one, which is uh, the P681R. 
Now this turned a proline into an arginine, and this is really cool because this virus has a really funky thing that no related virus has, which is what's called a polybasic furin cleavage site. It's this thing, this little four amino acid chunk that sits between the two spike proteins, and when it gets clipped, makes it go into your cell like that. By the way, it's an old trick. If you're doing gain of function in the lab, that's an exact insert that you would put at that exact location. And by the way, we've done that 11 times for other things wow. and made them more more better at being bad, right? So it has this really weird thing. Well, that with that P is the one that got changed. So this thing now we think, the data says, gets into your cells even faster and better. That's, so what, that's the ominous part. The good news is I don't have data to say it's any more harmful. Oh, okay. Yet. Well... People should still take it seriously and talk to their doctors about they, what's right for them. They should, because he's like, Doc, I'm worried about the P681R. There. <laughs> and your Good doctor will go, what? I'm so glad you explained P681R means the P turned into an R yep. at the 681 position. The, yep. Thank cool. you. Cool. That's how that works. So, so, so but, but it's, it's way more transmissive. Way more. Yeah. So, so, uh, the C, I guess the CDC is saying, though, that you're fine if you're vaccinated. That you don't have to worry about this new variant. That's what they're saying, but but everybody's favorite other doctor, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who they never mentioned serves on the board of Pfizer, is saying maybe a third shot would be a good thing to do in order they, to... They've talked about boosters. Yeah, boosters. Johnson & Johnson. Let, yeah. let me make sure I can pull some of this stuff up, too. Yeah, so, so that's where they're going with that. Um, I think the vaccines, at best, we can say they're partially protective at this point in time. The UK will be rolling out COVID-19 booster shots in September. Yep. So they're, they're going to be having, and there was a story in NBC that really freaked me out. And, uh, I know you guys, you, you don't want to hear me say it, but I have to say it again. There's a story from NBC that said mix and match. And it said some experts were advocating for taking multiple different kinds. And I'm just like, stop, stop, no, no, experts? NBC. Which experts? I, I hate when I, they I, say experts. Mm-hmm. Was, what are they talking I, about? It was like uh, it was an NBC article. I, I got to pull this one up. I got to pull this. I got to find this one. But that's why I'm just like, I'm pretty sure if you go to your doctor and you ask them, they're gonna be like, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Let me uh, let me see if I can find this story because we have the one about UK is going to be introdu- introducing boosters. Mm-hmm. I want to know what benefit there would come from mixing and matching them. Do you see any kind of benefit, yep. Chris? Not I can think of off the top of my head. So 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 uh, not so really. Just to just to bring it up, this oh, is yeah. NBC News. Mix and match COVID vaccine approach boosts immune response study finds. Now, I will state, as far as I can tell, the FDA has not approved of that practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, but but con- consult off. your doctor. Yeah. Well, Some European countries have started offering alternatives to AstraZeneca, and a second shot after the vaccine was linked to rare blood clots. So uh, they – this is NBC News, and it's, cover, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a story by Reuters. Here's the best part. There's no byline. There's, there's no violence. This is a major taboo in journalism. Hmm. We're, we're launching the newsroom for TimCast.com. And, and I'm very much always like, we must have bylines and bios for all of our reporters. Mm-hmm. People need to know who wrote it and then be able to email that person with corrections and our corrections department. And we're going to have fact checkers. When it just says by Reuters, like source Reuters, okay, I suppose I can I maybe take, let me, let me see if I can dig deeper. We'll do this in real time. Let's see if I can take mix and match COVID, search that, and Reuters, and uh, there we go. All right. And now, okay, so we do have a name. We, we, we find the name now, Alistair Smout. Mix and match approach boosts immune response of AstraZeneca shot study finds. When NBC News doesn't put a byline on it, mm-hmm. makes you wonder, like, we don't know who wrote this or why. The Guardian does this a lot. Mm-hmm. Staff. That's not a credible source when they do that. 
for all you know, it's written by a robot. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's true. They, they, they have robots who write news stories. There was something uh, uh, I've talked about before. It's called Natural Sciences. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. They have automatic news articles that publish. So what they'll do is they'll uh, have specific parameters like temperature, um, forecast for weather. Mm-hmm. And then an article will automatically be generated saying the, 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 the five-day forecast for you know Tallahassee, Florida is today will be Sunday. By tomorrow, you can expect to see clouds completely automatically generated. They do the same thing with sporting events. MMA and football or whatever. It'll be like, you know, the, the Raiders scored a goal in this quarter and that quarter and did this, and they'll show you all the stats, written by a robot. Mm-hmm. you got to watch out for those things. Well, well, you do, and it was uh, the Snowden leaks back in 2013, which showed, showed that the GCHQ had bots that were so good at, at writing comments under, under all the major newspapers that people couldn't detect what was what. So yeah. we, that's been a thing for a long time. Trust me, things have gotten a lot better since 2013. I'll see stuff in the live chat sometimes where it will be two comments back-to-back that will say different things in all caps about, for instance, me. It'll be like, Ian's the best, Ian's the worst, but it'll be at the ex- they'll come at the exact same time. Two different accounts, all caps, and it's like so very I, weird that those could be two people. One, one of the mm-hmm. reasons I, I tweeted before, stop responding to people who don't use real names and, and, and photos and see your political discourse improve. One of the reasons I tweeted that it was it was it was a subtweet. I was tweeting about you know certain trolls. But one of the, one of the main issues is that we've long known that governments use what's called sock puppets. They use one person will have fifty accounts, mm-hmm. and they'll bombard you with an opinion to make you think it is public opinion. People fall for this like crazy. Sure, you'll get a, a small pizza restaurant will announce they're having a uh, you know like the the, the Proud Boys are going to have a meeting at some restaurant. The restaurant owner has no idea. And then one day the restaurant owner gets uh, 40, you know, emails or whatever. And they're all from different people in different names saying, why are you hosting white supremacists and Nazis? And they'll be like, whoa, whoa, oh, what are all these things? It's probably one person doing it. That's why it's like, I want to know who I'm talking to. And uh, within reason, mm-hmm. I, I still will engage in conversations with people who don't use, you know, names or, or, or photos or anything like that. Sometimes people want to be anonymous for an obvious reason. We talked about this. But I'm just pointing that out. That if we're in the space where we're like, we're not going to stand by our names and have these conversations, then you have a massive exploit in your face from activist groups. And I'll tell you one thing, conservatives are not engaging in this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure some are, but they are not as politically savvy and organized as the mainstream left is and the intelligence agencies. So when it comes to engaging with sock puppets... It is probably two to one that you're engaging with a leftist sock puppet who's lying to you than you would be as someone on the right, but it exists on both sides. Well, we know information is power, and so, of course, this power has not been left to its own devices, and this isn't, this goes way beyond citizens. I remember there was this really embarrassing moment. I read it when it, you know, was first coming out and it's really starting to explode. I can't remember the year. I'd have to look it up. 2013 to 15, somewhere in there. And they said, Hey, where's our traffic coming from? I think it was on like our data is beautiful. So they looked and they looked at the IP accounts and oh my gosh, wouldn't you know there's this one little town in North Carolina that like blew everybody else out of the water and that's where Fort Hood's located and they have an operational <laughs> center for information control, right? And then, and then I think they VPN'd it and got rid of that little like data signal, but it was just, it was pretty obvious to me what was yeah. happening then, right? So information is actually power. So when you see comments, you have to know first question ought to be, is this real? Cause it might be, it might not be. We don't know. We just yep. don't know. But information is power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why um, when the New York – you saw the New York mayoral election thing happen, Eric Adams is like, yo, what's with all these extra votes? Yeah, hey. All these liberal journalists come out saying you're Trumpian, you're lying, this is ridiculous, you're a sore loser even though he's winning. Yeah. And then it turns out that the, the auction board was like, oh, actually, yeah, he was right. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. 
But you see the immediate reaction from the establishment is protect the machine at all costs. Right. Don't challenge, don't question, don't investigate. When I when I went to do the Sweden investigation, Donald Trump goes on, he's at a rally and he goes, did you see what happened last night in Sweden? It's terrible. And then hmm. uh, they, they, the, the media explodes like, what happened last night in Sweden, Trump? What are you talking? He was talking about a documentary he watched on Fox News last night. And so he didn't speak as clearly enough. I announced... I did a GoFundMe. I'm like, hey, I'm going to raise money to go to Sweden and actually investigate because I'd worked for Vice. I'd worked for uh, Disney. And I had done these kinds of on-the-ground documentary investigations. And I had journalists I knew from Vice message me saying, do not go. And I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, one guy, I, I, one of the guys I went to Ukraine with. And I'm like, you, we went to Ukraine together to investigate stuff. Like, why wouldn't I go to Sweden? And he goes, just don't do it. Give the money away. Give it to a charity. And I was like, uh, I raised money to go to report journalism, it would be fraudulent if I gave it away. I have to refund it. And then I got another message from someone saying, don't fuel their conspiracies. And I was like, do you think the conspiracies are true? Because if I actually go, I'm assuming I'm going to prove them wrong. And they're like, no, don't go. Creepy. People I knew and worked with all of a sudden were just like, do not challenge the machine. And, and that was just about the machine. It was weird. What do you think that was really about? I have no idea. It's it's a cult, man. And I, I, I maybe yeah. I, I say cult a lot, and people are like, you know, Tim saying cult again. Uh, when when people I worked with at Vice who are low level reporters and they get paid trash, we fly around reporting stories. One day, just instinctively defend the machine. How did no one told them to message me? Mm-hmm. There's no handler. Like they're not secretly part of some government no. agency. They were just so indoctrinated. They were like, don't you dare report on any of this because we said no. And I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely confused by what you're talking about. And I went. Mm-hmm. And then Slate, these lefties loved that I came back saying like, yeah, there's not really th- that much crime. It's like, so it, it, there, there are problems here. Crime is going up, but relative to most places. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the problems of Sweden were very, very nuanced. It wasn't like a bunch of immigrants came in a year ago and then caused problems. It was actually the children of immigrants from 20 years ago. There's a lot, a lot of nuance there. And Sweden really screwed things up. But I was just – to experience – that whole thing was a very strange experience. From having people I knew and worked with saying, do not report, don't do journalism. And I'm like, but I always do journalism. It was like it was like brain slugs infected their bodies and took them over. That's what, It was the weirdest thing. And then going to Sweden, experiencing the message control, when when all of the media aligned against me after we got into this conflict in, in an area called Rinkaby, it was weird to see how coordinated the machine was. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Now, has it always been like that, or do you think it's getting worse? I think it's getting worse. And And what could explain that? So... So back to this idea of leaders and followers. I have this this theory that 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 things are getting so tense for people, right? So so young people in particular. I I've just had this this event. This really nice young kid comes up. He's in he's in teens. He's in college. And he's like, "Thanks for what you do. Um, I have a question. Like, what would you do if you're me?" I, he's like, "I'm I'm studying, but I don't believe in the future at all." And he's he's coming up with like this existential dread, which is, I'm supposed to live into this story. Here's my story. Go to school, get good grades, uh, come out, get a job. Da, 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 da. You do it, you're supposed to plan on all this stuff. Meanwhile, what's your school telling you? Oh, hey, the ice caps are melting and this whole thing's about to go up in flames. You know, It's hard to sort of square that circle. And so I think confronted with that, people start to um, cling to anything 
including maybe you know obedience to the machine or something. I think it's just a, I think it's a big defense for sure. It's part of why information is so powerful, like what you said earlier. Because if you can give them a path or a reason to live or a solution or at least an idea of a solution, like yeah. Iron fertilization. We can repopulate the salmon. Have you studied iron fertilization? You yeah, yeah. They're going to get the you know carbon out of you can the algae blooms or the, whatever. The coral reefs. Uh, it also feeds the salmon. The iron creates plankton, which then the salmon can eat, and so we can regrow the fish population of Earth. We can regrow the coral by shattering it and placing it all over, and then it all grows together and forms giant reefs. Like there are solutions. If people don't know, they get scared, and then they look to they want a leader, and they look to people like. Anthony Fauci, who's like the TV leaders that pop up, reality TV stars, actors, you know, like I, I, I feel like people don't want to have any responsibility. Mm-hmm. They just want to be told what to do. I don't know. I if I know what to do, I like it. I Ethan like the Klein said it, bro. You don't even got to do anything. The CDC just says oh do it. And you just do it like, OK, well, you know, look. Within reason, I do respect CDC guidance. I say within reason because, mm-hmm. you know, I know Tuskegee, for instance. But uh, uh, you have personal responsibility. Yes, they can t- give you advice. But ultimately, it's on you to go and seek out what's right for you, which includes talking to your doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or perhaps <laughs> becoming a doctor. Yeah, well, well, so the, yeah, that's true. The bright spot that came for me out of all this COVID stuff was um, really looking into things like certain supplements and whatnot and, real- and realized that I had bought into a bunch of junk that my culture had given me, including my doctor, literally telling me vitamins are just an expensive way to take a leak, right? You know, you, you eat them and you piss them out, right? Mm-hmm. But in Water fact, soluble. vitamin D, I have this whole crazy story on how important vitamin D is, and, and, and it's an amazing story. And Fauci said so. Well, Fauci, only, Fauci. only because Jennifer Garner asked him on her vlog, and he sure. was starstruck, so he did admit to taking vitamin D, but he never came out and said, you should. I thought he did. I thought he said vitamin D is good and people should be... It's still on the NIH treatment guidelines right now. Under COVID, it says there's neither enough data to, to refute or endorse oh, wow. vitamin D. But there's tons of data. It's tons you of know, data. You know, you know what I found? Um, I, I like winters are, are you know, like I, I feel... I, I don't like winters. Right. I like the cold. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this past year, I started wondering, like, why, why am I, like, so energized and energetic and jumpy and, like, full of, you know, just ready to go? Why do I skate better in the summers? And in the winter, even indoor, it's harder. And I'm like, dude, it's vitamin D. Vitamin yeah. D. I'm not getting enough sunlight. I'm inside. It's air, it's, it's heated and there's less sunlight. So I, I, I got some vitamin D gummies and I felt fantastic. Yeah. I was I, like, I'm not getting enough sun. The more sun, you man. study vitamin D, it's like, it's not a vitamin. It's a hormone. It's like involved in all these things and it's about inflammation and, and bone repair. It's like crazy good stuff. And it's a almost everybody is deficient in it, particularly dark skin people because you're the melanin in your skin particularly at higher latitudes prevents the sun from coming in the uvb rays and making the vitamin d so like if you or i took our shirt off and you know we'd get like ten thousand units in like 15 minutes right but but, but of course consult your doctor before taking any vitamin or, or taking your shirt off, shirt off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is there a difference in the value biochemically of of getting producing vitamin d naturally from sunlight or taking a vitamin D supplement? They're probably well, well. So the vitamin D from sunlight has its own regulation process where you can't oh, you can't get too much. It'll shut itself down. If you you could technically take too much, but it's a big, big, big number. Wow, right? it's a really it's, it's, big number. It's a fat soluble. No, no, it's well, it's a hormone. Is it? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fat soluble too. Fat soluble. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. The, the water soluble stuff you just kind of piss out, but the right. fat soluble stuff you can get really sick on. Right, like vitamin it, A. It take well, but that's a different story. But yeah. um, vitamin D takes a lot. Like you would have to take mass. At my weight for myself, it would be a huge number. 
I, I, I was reading about um, like general health and dieting a long time ago, and I read that we don't get enough vitamin C in our diets. Mm-hmm. It was something like for every 50 pounds uh, an animal weighs, they produce something like 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C or something like that. I don't know if you've got numbers. Maybe you know. It, it, it's true. So, so we're one of only three mammals that can't make vitamin C. We, we had some weird mutation that, that, that bollocks this up for us a long time ago. Every other animal does it, particularly when they get stressed. So a goat that's like breaks its leg or something, they've done the studies, will manufacture 60 grams of vitamin C in the next 24 Whoa, hours. Oh, that's a lot. That's a huge amount. Yeah. And by the way, you can't take that much because you can't tolerate it through your GI tract. So that's why they do high-dose vitamin C now. When somebody's coming in with like full-blown sepsis, multi-organ shutdown, they pump the vitamin C in there and it's amazing and how it recovers them. What, what does vitamin C do? Like, is there a process by which it's converted into hydrogen peroxide or something like that? No, it, it's the precursor for pretty much every stress hormone you're going to make oh, okay. that's going to help you get through that stressful process, right? Cortisol, cortisone, things like that. It's also uh, really important for collagen repair and things like that. So Linus Pauling, two-time Nobel Prize winner. He's getting on in his years and, and so, you know, Sometimes old guys lose the story or plot line. That's what they try to say about this guy. But in late in his career, he's like, vitamin C is the bomb. He had all this data, 400,000 records from GIs, and noted that when they, and this was all before computers, they had to hand track this. He noted over time that the people who had the higher vitamin C levels at check-in when they got their physicals had much lower levels of heart disease. So right around that same time, though, the drug company is like, oh, you see people have the plaques in their arteries, and we look in the plaques, we see cholesterol, so let's take cholesterol down. He was like... You got it all wrong, Bucky. That's not what's happening. That cholesterol is there to try and repair the damage. The damage is happening vitamin before. C. And it's because we don't have vitamin C. So he you, comes you, up and he puts vitamin C in, and all of a sudden they're showing that they're clearing up people's um, atherosclerosis within months if they have adequate and levels of vitamin And it's the cholesterol C. that's doing it with the help of the vitamin the, C? And the cholesterol is there to help repair the damage that's already happening. But right? you could be wrong. I could be wrong, and you so should consult your doctor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, it's guinea pigs. Is they don't, they don't make vitamin C, right? I'm not sure about that one. There's some bat, and I forget what the other one is. Whoa. I think it's guinea pigs. I wow. could be wrong. Why? I think, don't, don't pigeons not make vitamin C either? Not sure about pigeons. I was reading some no, book a long time ago. I, was, I read his book <laughs> about, about that. Is there any it, explanation as to it, why? It, it, it was saying that the um, – and again, I'm, I'm not an expert on this. I was like this was 10 years ago I read this thing. It said that the amount we're told is our daily 100% is the minimum to avoid scurvy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that if you look at, like you said, 60 grams, the yeah. goat. Yep. Yeah, so what 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 do we what do we take like 60 milligrams? You might take you might take 500 or 1000 milligrams or something like that. But again, it depends how much can actually be absorbed at that time. So our gut really limits that. So if you get in in real serious situation, good doctors now will give you that right IV because you can put a lot in through wow. IV. You can really cram it. Good um, doctors with good mm-hmm. opinions, good medical well, advice. Well, I'll tell you, so I work with, the, with these uh, you know doctors who who are figuring all this stuff out and they've got this great story around vitamin C which sounds a lot like all these other stories we've been talking about, right? Where there's a whole medical establishment that really hates the idea and they try and poo-poo it and they design studies to fail. And these guys are just like, look, you know, when somebody comes into an ICU with multi-organ failure for sepsis, right, they can take the average death rate from around 50% and knock it down to about 8%. And they can do it reliably and repeatedly. And if I end up in the ICU, I want these guys treating me. Period. And, and they're and they're they're doing intravenous like vitamin C. That's the first thing they do. Like even before they take your first vital sign, they get that drip going, right? So then some other doctors say, well, let's study that. And so they design it so that they administer it within 24 hours of showing up. And these guys are like, no, every minute counts. They can prove that. Every minute counts. And so these guys set up these these studies and start it within a day. And, of course, it has a much lower um, efficacy after that. Hmm. So what do, we, what do we say about a system where people are incentivized to design a trial to fail 
What if that was you or your dad or your mom or somebody you loved in that that got enrolled in that? I mean, how does how do we roll with that information? It bothers I've, me. I've 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 never. Uh, I don't I don't think. I don't think they're going to let you die, man. You know what I mean? I think I think they, maybe the, sometimes people make bad calls. Sometimes a doctor will use his best judgment, but I don't think there's anybody like twirling their mustache. Maybe at, maybe at big pharma for sure, but like doctors and hospitals. Belief systems are powerful enough that people do crazy things when their belief system is challenged. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked about this the other day that um, another book I read a long time ago <laughs> that. Around 24 or so is when people's brains start becoming, like, fully matured, yeah. sort of solidifying their worldview. Mine was around 40, but that's – keep going. Nice. Well, but, but, but they say that midlife crisis happens when the brain reopens mm-hmm. to become – Oh, that's what happened to me. So, the, so the, the idea is that if you've survived that long, your brain is telling you the things you've learned have kept you alive. Hold on to them because if we maintain this, we can survive longer. So what happens then is – if you present evidence that is in, 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 undeniable to somebody whose worldview is solidified, maybe somebody who's 30, their, their brain will start panicking because they're like, no, 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 we can't accept this. It puts us at risk. And so their brain switches to anger mode. And then they shut down the logical process centers and go right into, how dare you? Yeah. And they start ad hominem and they just go nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people have experienced this. Have an argument with somebody and then they just snap and you're like, why are you so mad? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you know you've touched into a belief system. So if you have an opinion, right, you say, oh, I think uh, this is the best baseball pitcher. Here's my stats. And I come up with different stats. And we, you know, we trade stats for a while. It's all cool. But if you have an opinion about something, that's fine. If you have a belief system, it's the emotions. Yeah, that's when you that, was, that. Uh, that was in Dogma. Chris Rock says that. He says something like that. He's like an idea can change, but beliefs, those are harder to change. And people die for beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. They, you know, the joke is, uh, someone once, someone once commented on a YouTube video saying Tim Pool's a milk toast fence sitter. And I'm like, Hey, let's roll with that one. And I used it. <laughs> it's technically not true because I get really angry about freedom, free speech, mm-hmm. civil rights, and things like that. But for a lot of things, like, I got some ideas, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll, like, if I'm not an expert on, uh, uh, uh you know, cancer, I'm not going to tell people what to do with, with cancer. I have no idea. You it's, know, it was making me think about, like, um, the scientific community and how, like, theories and, and, hypotheses are battled amongst like like in um quantized inertia for instance is a new theory by uh mike mcculloch he's been working on it and and there's just a lot of pushback because it does away with dark matter in his theory so the people that have theorized dark matter don't want their theories to be lost and upended because then their creds are are diminished and so uh actually there's somebody i know very very well but well i'll let them retain their privacy whose uh, father was a physicist and i i was asking about string theory and m theory and he explained that there's a big problem right now with at, at the time this was 10 years ago so i don't know a lot about physics he was explaining there's actually a lot of problems they can't figure out when it comes to string theory and m theory that have many people believing it's probably not correct but the problem is nobody wants to give up their life's work mm-hmm. they spent 40 years working on these theories and the math and you want to come and tell them now it's all wrong they can't accept that. It's very hard to do. I, I believe it was the physicist Niels Bohr who said, science advances one funeral at a time. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's wild. so brutal. Because but it's true. Money. Yeah. It's true. And, and so when it comes to like this whole area of, of this medical stuff we've been talking about, it's really important to understand that if somebody's belief system is in the way of you and your health, you need to detect that. And, well, then, that's, that, and then find somebody whose belief system maybe is, is more flexible. That's why there's a lot of people who are like, uh, who have messaged me saying, you know, my doctor didn't know. And I'm like, bro, there's other doctors out there. Yeah. That sec- a second opinion is like a normal thing. You, so you so did, didn't, didn't know is okay. Doesn't want to know is not okay. 
right? I've, I've had a lot of people message me and say, my doctor, I gave them the data. I'm giving them papers. And they're like, don't give me that stuff. I'm not interested, right? I say find a different doctor. Absolutely. That's, that's what you do then, right? I, we had um, – what we were talking – we were talking with somebody. I can't remember. But they mentioned that they had a doctor who – told them some gave them some political response to their question and so they said eh, and they called a different doctor and said i don't care for the politics just tell me like here's my age oh, here's my family mm-hmm. and then the doctor's like here's what we're going to do here's what makes sense based on the criteria not the politics there's a whole article that just came out about um doctors who've banded together who are so scared of the wokeness that these are typically older doctors you know they've been in de- practice a decade or more um men and women doctors and and what they're afraid of is that they see these younger doctors coming in who won't treat because somebody has the wrong ideology right like you know uh, that i think that person's a skinhead or the republican or a proud boy yeah i won't treat them or they won't give them the same quality of treatment but they're open about it and so this is really terrifying right to to get to that level because now we're into the us versus them now you've started to dehumanize and that's that's when you know you're getting pretty far down the path so let's let's yeah, Definitely. So, I mean. so, so, just a quick, quick aside on this. I was speaking at this conference. This really sharp guy comes up afterwards, takes me to the side, asks, you know, he said, this guy had worked for several joint chiefs of staff and um, was pretty connected in and said, by the way, when you were talking, Chris, about um, that we were going to attack North Korea, this was like, I don't know, five years ago. I was reading all these signs and I knew we were about to do that because I suddenly saw all these articles come out in the New York Times about how prison guards in North Korea were like kicking puppies and like, you know, doing stuff. We were dehumanizing. So I watched the yeah. dehumanization happen. And so I wrote out to my, my followers. I'm like, hey, looks like things are about to heat up with North Korea. This guy came up in just a couple of years after the fact and said, you have no idea how right you were. We, were, we had two carrier groups in that moment, and they were all spooled up, and we were ready to go. How, did, they you, need how to- did you know? And I said, it was easy. New York Times was printing stuff about how, how inhumane the guards were in the prisons over there. You never see – and it came out in four newspapers at once. They need to rally public support. Right. Well, let's talk about De- this. Dehumanize first. That's what you do. We'll talk about this. Fauci uh, was doing an interview. He said that it's almost like there are two Americas due to people who are not getting the vaccine. And uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. He's correct. I've talked about this before. Let's say you live in Texas where they have no restrictions, no lockdowns. Mm-hmm. I think it's Oregon that started saying they want to implement vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. So if you're from Texas, no more tourism in Oregon. Not that a lot of Texans wanted to go there anyway, like to be completely honest. Probably the other way around, people fleeing Portland to Texas. But let's say you're in Florida, you want to go to New York. Well, New York says we're going to do the Excelsior Pass for like uh, Madison Square Garden. You got to be able to prove your vaccination status so you can't, so go, can't go see the Foo Fighters. So now people in states without the restrictions who are abiding by the law and regulations and guidelines won't be able to go to other states. Now that is, is where it gets crazy because for the longest time, we have, we have open travel between states. When this whole thing started, we had, there were, there were checkpoints set up at New York going in and they would, you know, they, I don't know exactly what they were doing, but there were stories that from like New York to, to Connecticut, Connecticut had, um, police at the border mm-hmm. checking plates that were from New York because they were like, New York's a hotspot. So we're actually starting to see a reemergence of borders in the U.S. and laws that prohibit people from free travel or from, actually being able to use accommodations, public accommodations in certain states. Does that apply to Amazon drivers too? Mm. And truck drivers? Yes. And this is where a lot of people in our super chats have brought this up. That a truck, a trucker who's from say Nebraska mm-hmm. is going to be, they're like, hey, this one's going to New York. Can't go. Sorry. Oh, well, this one's going to Oregon. Oh, yeah. I, I can't go there. Well, he could, but he's going to have to drive around this one state. Right. Well, let, let's say the destination is, is Oregon. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, well, no, they're doing vaccine passports in Oregon. The guy's going to say, where do I go to the bathroom and get food? I'm not going. Sorry, find someone else to drive. And we're already dealing with apparently the shortage with truckers. So now a bunch of people, like, there's fuel, like gas stations aren't getting the fuel they need. You add in these heavy restrictions, which so far hasn't taken off for the most part, but we, we, we are seeing it happen in certain areas. Mm-hmm. It's not even about hard ban. That's what people need to understand. You don't need to ban people who aren't vaccinated. You need only apply pressure. So that could mean, oh, you can, everyone's free to come here, vaccinated or unvaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, you got to go in the back. That's mm-hmm. pressure. And some people are going to say, I'm not, I'm not interested in being the guy in the back room. So have a nice day. Portland can say, we, we don't, truckers, you're allowed to come. Don't worry. We're not banning people who aren't vaccinated. But you can't go to these select gas stations and these restaurants are off limits. And most of the companies here are required it. So you'll, you'll figure it out. They're going to be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that stress. So that, that pressure is enough to dramatically alter this country. I find it fascinating when you have all this talk of peaceful divorce due to the extremism, the violence, and now you have actual bureaucratic pressure, which is starting to emerge. Two Americas. Yeah. You got the, you got that divide and conquer thing going on. And, um, I mean, this, is, this should just be completely common sense. There are some people who cannot take these vaccines. Right. Right. Yes. So if you've already had an anaphylactic reaction in a prior vaccine episode, which has happened to a lot of people, you are not a candidate. It says so right on the CDC website, right? Which I, apparently you can still get in trouble for quoting this stuff, right? But there it is. And they say, oh, by the way, and if you've had the first shot and you have a really bad reaction that passes a certain threshold, you shouldn't get the second. So you are now not fully vaccinated, on and on and on. It's a complex situation. There, There is a, a band. I forgot their name. I don't care. They uh, said $1,000 to see the, the, the event, but uh, a, a discount if you're vaccinated, it'll only cost you $18. Yeah, I saw that. And there was a woman who was a fan who gave an interview where she said because she had COVID recently, the doctors told her she was ineligible for the time being and mm-hmm. she had to come back later. So that meant she wasn't able to go to the show. But guess what? Rich people, come on in, baby. It's all yours. It's a rich man's world. Yeah. <laughs> it has been for well, 10,000 years or something. It, well, and here's the problem with all this. It, it, it doesn't logically, you can't parse your way through. It doesn't make sense. So, so if we, let's go back to first principles. What's the point of all this? The point of all this should be public health, I guess. Yes. Right? Yeah. I don't know anymore, to be honest. I don't know either. Sustension of human life. No, uh, I, I, society and species. Yes. That is the point. Should be, but certainly, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that's the saying. There's a lot. And it it was interesting because uh, we had Destiny uh, here. He's the, he's like a leftist uh, streamer. And I said, you know, it looks like we're seeing people exploit the crisis. And he goes, when else would you try and make sweeping changes and reforms? You know, this, it, it, what, what better time than now when we're, we have to lock things down. Now's our opportunity. And I'm like, then would you trust every move made if you knew people were simply saying, we got a crisis? Great. Let's, let's, let's do a bunch of things we always wanted to do. Oh, so that means, um, let's support, uh, people going to McDonald's and getting Krispy Kreme donuts and shopping at Walmart, but we're going to shut down small and medium sized enterprises, right? You know, this yeah. is, so, so we, we, that, we, is that the crisis they wanted to exploit? We uh, want, we want the little people to take it in the shorts. I thought that was not a lefty thing. I got to admit though, there is a real problem. I'm confused problem. now. There, there is a real problem with a lack of personal responsibility. People should not be gorging on donuts and McDonald's, <laughs> and they should be, you know, doing better, eating better, and exercising. And uh, but no, it's right. it's a personal responsibility. One hundred percent right. It is, and it is. That's the conversation I wish that was on the news every day: is how to get healthy. How, yeah, but how they, to don't, eat they right, don't. How to feel better? But they, I, I think this is, is this is uh, exclusively of the Democrats. Well, I shouldn't say exclusively, but it's the rule, not the exception, where they want you dependent. 
They want you dependent. They want you on social programs. They want you to feel like no matter what you do, you'll never succeed without their help. Look, look, look at this. What's, what's the we're, critical we're, race we're, theory message? You are oppressed, and no matter what you do, because of the color of your skin, you will always be oppressed. Or oppressor. And you need us to help you to navigate these problems versus the other message of you can be anything you want to be if you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Too many leaders. They don't want too many leaders. What's the what's a good ratio of leader to follower in the human race? One. Yeah. One, one to one? <laughs> no. <laughs> one, no. To, one, one to, to many. <laughs> yeah, one to nine billion. One one despotic king. No, <laughs> one to nine billion. What is it like one to one to twelve? One to sixty? It's 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 one not to five. It's, it's no no, but hold on. It's not about one leader at all. It's about specialists. You know, if uh hmm. if if someone came in this room and said, I need to know what magic cards to buy, I'd be like, take it away, Ian. Like, oh, yeah, ball know. lightning. No, I like that. Ball lightning. It holds a special place in my No, but I mean, like, what are, you, what are you an expert in? If someone came in and said, I need someone to fix the toilet, I'd be like, hey, Ian, like, you're not a plumber. So you're a leader in the right moment. And so, you know, leaders step up when they're, when, when they're called into action. Oh, yeah, and you can inspire people to, to, to seize their ability to lead. You know, everyone's good at something. Dude, if, uh, if, if, you know, we had someone out here and, and they were a farmer and a wildlife expert and, the, and, and, you know, uh, like a vaccine, plant, plant, like a doctor. No, or, no, no, no. Like, like if someone came out here and they were an expert in plant life, I would immediately be like, tell me where to go, what to do, what to wear, and tell me how to find the fruits. And that guy's in charge. But then if he comes in and says, we're going to do, we're going to talk podcasts, I'll be like, okay, well, it ain't you, buddy. Like, I'll, I'll step up if we're doing a podcast thing. You'll step up when you're doing a fruits and berries in the forest thing. It's like recognizing where you are not the leader and recognizing where you are. And then so we have oligarchs or corporations that are attempting to lead the narrative when we have doctors that are more specialized that maybe would be better off deciding what should and shouldn't be talked about. Don't go to a dentist for foot care. Right. And don't go to a social network for health care. Right. Oh, I love it when Facebook is like Instagram is giving medical advice and Facebook is and all the celebrities are and posting these things. But heaven forbid Joe Rogan have an opinion. Or a critical care doctor who's who's been eat, lives, breathes, drinks this and is indisputable world leader on this stuff, right? So, but this has nothing about, that's why I said first principle. Is this about public health? It's clearly not. It's not about that. It's about something else. So we can, you know, assign motives and all that. It's clearly about the money. It's about the Benjamins. It's about power. It's about seizing the moment to ram through some things that otherwise couldn't have been rammed through. And it's a pie chart. It's a, you know, somewhere in there is a, is, a, is a nice little chunk of public health. But then you, you, you get greedy hands, man, and people see an opportunity to exploit a crisis. And you know what? The path to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, listen, if, if I saw them exploiting it in a way that I could detect and say, okay, I get it, not how I do it, but it makes sense, it does, it's still incoherent. It doesn't make sense to me, right? The only thing that's starting to emerge in this pattern is, as soon as I saw the climate lockdowns, we have to do climate lockdowns, that's when the pieces started to fall for me, I think. Right? I think, this, well, you take a look at Texas and Florida. They were like, ah, we out. So it's clearly not a unified message in terms of our government. There are different jurisdictions with different beliefs and different people are exploiting different things. And I think one of the reasons it may not be cohesive is just that there's, it's a chicken with its head cut off, man. Mm-hmm. It's, that's Joe Biden comes out earlier this year. This is, this is one of the most important points when he was like, we may ha- we may need more lockdowns while Texas was like, we're getting rid of them. And I'm like, clearly Joe Biden is not speaking to the worldview of red states. He was speaking to New York and California about what they want to do based on their fears and their perceptions. 
So it's it, chicken with his head cut off, man. So we're and, back to and, chickens. I like it. Yeah, chicken, chickens. <laughs> and uh, you saw what Joe Rogan said um, recently. He said, we, we're just throwing it to Joe, Joe Rogan this episode, that uh, it doesn't feel like we have any real meaningful leadership. Like, who who believes that we have a real leader right now? Even mm-hmm. the people who voted for him. Like, do you really feel like he's leading anything? I, I don't think so. Well, no, and, and, and this is this is the thing that, that I think I'm, I'm most concerned about. So if you if you go to a corporation or you're in your own personal life, you, you develop a strategy at some point. What's a strategy? It's got two parts. It's got a vision, and you need resources to get there, right? Guess what? It's always easy to have a vision, hard to find the resources. So you that you have to marry those things up, right? So what's the vision of our country? Where are we going to be in 30 years, right? Nobody can articulate that at this point in time, right? And without that, we're just we're rudderless. We well, are just drifting along in this story. Graphene, I, 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 graphene. I, I do hear you, but I think it's fairly obvious that what you said 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we're, t- we're talking about 2051. It's going to be Baron Trump. Uh, he'll be on his second or third term. You know, uh, um, Don Jr. will so be we're doing dynasties. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, th- I'm sure there's a lot of people who believe that the Trump dynasty and, you know, whatever. And uh, no, no, but no. I mean, what, what's the country going to look like? Are we living all are we all in mansions? Are we in tiny homes? Are we eating like algae? Like what's going on? <laughs> Ooh, algae's good. You can grow <laughs> algae, too. You'll, yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's going to be uh, lab grown foods. I think we're going to have kind of like protein mush that is flavored. So, so like, like in the Matrix, after you've taken the red pill and you're in the ship, you no, pull the little gruel bowl out? But oh. that, that's actually a black-pilled version of it. You're going to go to the store, and you're going to say, I'll have the chili dog with uh, uh, extra cheese, and I'll get a large cola with a large fry, and it's all made of the same thing, but flavored differently. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So your, your, your hot dog comes out and the bun is actually like a protein fungus the, the hot dog itself is a is a thicker, denser protein fungus. Your drink is flavored by sugars cultivated from a protein fungus. You see where I'm going with this. The mm-hmm. French fries are just long mushrooms or something like that. Could be, but I I, I think that we're going to run into trouble with that idea. Yeah, yeah. It it it's so much more complicated how nature actually works. So there's these micronutrients, macronutrients. It's not just giving you like the base calories, which is sugar. You know, it's some some little thing. We need all these things, like trace amounts of selenium and oh, magnesium, yeah. and da, 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 da. maybe we'll we'll work all that out, right? I'm, but your I, your needs are going to be different from your needs because your gut biome is different, and you have a different genetic structure. So right. it's just different. You're, right? you're, it's it's not you're familiar with Soylent, yeah. The, the the company Soylent tried making this this food replacement, and it was interesting. The idea was, can't we just figure out exactly what a person needs and give it to them, and mm-hmm. they don't got to worry about eating? Yeah, no. Just no. Because we are not uniformly produced in a factory. Mm-hmm. Every single person is different. And every day different. that person is different than they were the day before. And so the problem is, if you were to say, drink this bottle, like it first came in like a powder form with like a thing of oil. And you have to, because you need to fatten your diet. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, the problem is some people are taller and require more. We're not giving enough. Some people are small and they're getting too much and they're getting sick. So now it's just like a meal replacement shake. That's in my opinion, what, like SlimFast? 
They yeah. already they already make those things. It's got 30, 35% of your you know daily vitamins, and you drink it, and it replaces one meal, but you still got to eat because you don't know what you're missing. D- didn't that last for like a month, and then and people like their their bowels were just like ruined or whatever? It, no, it was, no, no, it didn't no, really work out. I don't think. It, well, it's it's because they they quickly realized. I'm pretty. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure before they went public, like with the actual product, they said we realized you can't actually. Sustain yourself oh, on this. Also, the mm-hmm. branding. I mean, Soylent Green. That was the joke. Is people. Yeah. Soylent Green is people. Soylent's probably not people. Uh, you know, I'm really into no, vertical like farming. Oat. Okay, oat. I'm into vertical farming, indoor vertical farming, like yeah. arrow farms in Jersey is the largest, one of the largest vertical farms. Where I think the, the future of humanity might be like a vertical farm on every block or something in a city. Yeah, but, but you know what they grow? They grow they grow lettuce greens and those things. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and they'll they don't grow like corn and wheat and stuff. They'll, they'll grow, grow them on mesh, so without soil, and they'll spray the mesh with like a nutrient. But I'm wondering, what's the difference of food being grown indoors as opposed to outdoors in natural sunlight? Well, well, there's a lot of advantages for indoors, but but for that stuff, again, we're growing greens, like really high value. You're getting some arugula, but man does not live on arugula alone, yeah. you know. So, so it's just we got, I think they're cute. I, I think they have a role, but to say that's how we're going to feed people now, we got to talk megatons. You know, like how many how many millions of tons of food product is coming out of those, and also. Notice where the energy comes from. Those are all LEDs are very efficient, but where's the electricity come from for that, right? You just, you follow this along and you say, look, we already have this nuclear reactor. It's 93 million miles away safely. It's a good distance. And it, and it provides that service for free. I'm now learning that, uh, where, where, where I live and what we have growing, we'd probably be able to cover a large portion of our diets, maybe like even 60 or 70% just with, there's every, every day. Potatoes. Deer. Oh my gosh. Potatoes. No, deer everywhere. Just like they're, 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 the people out here tell me that they're pests. They're, they're a nuisance. There's so many. But of once them. you really started living on them, here's the thing. I'm, I'm a hunter. So the deer are everywhere until the day of hunting season. I swear to God. And they're, they're all gone. Then they're all gone. <laughs> oh, that's like a human like, resume. It's almost no. like they don't want to be shot. It's the strangest thing. Well, no, but like I, today, every morning, I see like three deer walking through the yard and they're eating my apples and I'm like, stop eating my apples, you jerks. They're reaching up in the trees and yes. pulling them in. But we got three apple trees. Mm-hmm. They're just, there, I, uh, I, I don't know if they're wild actually. It looks like they were actually planted. We've got tons of wild pawpaw. The mulberry trees are everywhere and everyone's mad about mulberries it. Mulberries are awesome because they produce fruit for 90 days. It's like crazy. strawberries is like a week, you know? Yeah. And then, but 90 days, you just get mulberries. We're gonna, we, we took a, a hammock, like just, and we held it underneath and shook some branches and we got like 300. It was insane. There's too many. Yeah. You walk in the yard and your feet are turned purple and I'm like, we should actually start actually foraging and harvesting these edible berries and plants we got blackberries we got wine berries we got mulberries so we actually made jam mm-hmm. it was amazing we made some jam with that i was having peanut butter and jelly and then uh we're gonna have pawpaw we have tons of apples we, we made some stuff with the apples and uh if people didn't live in cities and spread out then instead of having lawns for instance they could be growing some of their food, and it's self-sustainable. And you should grow some. Everybody should, even if you only grow like 3% of your calories. The difference between 0 and 3% is night and day. Because you know what you learn at 3%? You're like, this is hard, and I'm not that good at it, or I have to learn some stuff. Or, oh, tomatoes don't grow with any shade at all. And there's like a lot of things you got to learn. The, the, the best part it's is pretty cool. I looked up the nutrition value of mulberries. If you eat 10 mulberries, guess how many calories you get? Six. Yes. Yes. Did oh, you look we it up? Right. No. Six. <laughs> we were both. Right. I'm a wizard. Six, six calories. Uh-huh. I have to identify like, spell. So if you need two thousand calories per day, you're gonna shake that tree until there's nothing left on it. You'll and burn more hungry. calories shaking the tree. Yeah. We 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 grew some zucchinis, man. These things grow fast. Your baseball bats. You don't watch out. Yeah. Big ones. Yeah. They get. So uh, I saw one, and it was maybe like five inches long. 
And then I'm like, eh, it's too small. The next day it was like, like yeah. nine, and it's massive. And I'm like, I think that's a little too big, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what? Do you just leave them until they're massive, or what? Well, the, the best thing is, um, you get pigs. So my favorite, <laughs> and pigs love them, and they eat them like crazy. So, so the, here's the best part: you get pigs in spring, and in fall is when you're going to be harvesting them or sending them off to be harvested. And that's when your garden is like overflowing with stuff you just can't eat anymore. You can't have another bean. You don't want any more zucchinis. The pigs love them, and then and all your the apples are dropping on the ground. You just give them to them. Yep. So, so in the winter, this this is this is the stuff people really need to think about. You know, I can go outside and be like, look at all the fruits and and all mm-hmm. the glorious vegetables. And then winter comes around, and what did you save and what did you preserve? Right. So what do people normally do? You have some chickens, and then you eat the chickens in the winter to survive? I mean, that's not mm, enough chickens. No, you, it, it really isn't. So uh, potatoes. I mean, you have to grow something that you're going to be able to store for a long time, and you have to think that through. So this is something – this is actually near and dear to my heart. I think people should be resilient, and being food resilient is part one. I love food resilience. I like being energy resilient as well. I can heat my house four different ways now. Right. Ooh, what are they? Um, I've got an oil furnace. I've got a wood furnace. I've got um, a, an electrical mini split. And it's a very efficient heat pump that, that cha- exchanges heat and cool from the outdoor air. Very, very efficient. Oh, I, I, was, I was watching a video about these. Have you seen that, that fluid that when, it, when sunlight hits it, it changes the composition? And then they can, with electrical current, electrical current release the heat energy from it? Yeah, that's really cool. Um, imagine Storing the, stuff is going to be – that's the hard part. Storing energy is always the hard part. Yeah, so this is amazing salt, technology. Imagine you have – this you have like a, 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 a you know staggered pipes running with this fluid. The sunlight's hitting it, and then in the winter the sunlight hits it. It changes. It absorbs the energy, then goes into your basement, and then converts that back into heat and heats your home just from the sunlight being funneled. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff. We should we should go to super chat. Well, what's the fourth one? You said I got passive. So so and this is just a function of how the thing came. We have this uh, stone fireplace. It's probably half the size of this room. It's massive. Wow. So, so it's sort of got like this. It's cool. It's it's warm in the winter. Cool in the summer. It's like it's just a moderating influence. It's yeah. really good. We have uh, we have geothermal here. So the copper copper geothermal's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's like copper tubes run underground, mm-hmm. and then we it, it is extremely efficient, and it you can get it freezing in here. It was it's a heat wave, and it's like I'm freezing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Because the, the cold underground easily dissipates the heat and easily pulls in the cold. But we'll jump over to Super Chats. We'll yes. jump over to Super Chats. Before we do, smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. And here's the here's the big thing. We are going to, like with Steve Bannon, we had him here. I'm just going to, we're going to go right for the most intense conversation at TimCast.com in the bonus segment. Because I realized censorship is getting worse. We needed a place to host our own content. We needed a way to sustain it. So... We are expanding that whole thing, and now we actually have the opportunity to have these conversations that YouTube is increasingly shutting down. So make sure you become a member at TimCast.com, because that's where you're going to see the—that's where we're going to talk about the stuff that we can't hear, at least. But we'll, we'll read Super Chats for now, so again, smash that like button. All right, let's see what we got here. Druz, Druz Zaj says, Tim, can we get a party slash movement that is against concentrations of power, both government and corporate? The one we should be the the uh, the one we should be freeing is the individual. Yes. So what what, what do we call it? the decentralization party? party mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's corporations funny. consolidating power is bad, and governments doing the same thing is bad. Most most systems e- economy Liber- libertarian economy is bad. Libertarian centrism C- centrism. <laughs> Liberal. If, if we could just get the libertarians to get the t- shirts to match the tie. You know? And narco centrists. If we can get the libertarians and the republicans to come together to create a new party, I think we're set. Anarcho-centrists. 
There you go. Problem solved. People are afraid of anarcho, though. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Libertarian centrist. Yeah, libero central. Yeah. We need a gathering for this decentralized party. It's kind of a. Hmm. It's kind of. But a, where will it's tricky? Oh yeah, I like the yeah. way you think. West Virginia, <laughs> country roads, man. <laughs> All right. Simon Verco says World War Three could be fought domestically. Global collection of civil wars. Everyone just waiting for China to start first so they can't backdoor everyone. I keep hearing that China's not nearly as powerful as, as everyone's making them out Paper to be. Tiger. And that they're also building a hundred new nuclear silos. Is that right? In like the Gobi Desert or something? They're building all kinds of stuff, but, but they're a lot more powerful than people think. Um, because they trot out these really amazing missiles that, that they've got. Um, they've got these missiles that can reach all over the oceans at this point in time. So so I think that we're just waiting. That The next war is going to be the one that shows that the Navy is just a lot of boats looking for a reason to sink. Right? <laughs> and and we don't want to tangle up with either Russia or China. I think that would be a very bad learning because they yeah. we, we're building these multi tens of billion dollar like, you know, aircraft fleets. And they're building these multi-million dollar missiles that swarm. So, so the Zircon out of, out of Russia, it can swarm. They can put up dozens of them, and they talk to each other. And one flies up at 100,000 feet. If it gets lost, another one volunteers. Whoa. And they come in at six feet off the deck at Mach 5. Whoa. And then do these crazy 60G maneuvers to swarm in on something. Very hard Whoa. to stop, apparently, Mach- but we haven't had to face it, so we don't know. Mach 1 is we the speed know. of sound. Correct. Is Mach 5 five times the speed of sound, or is mm-hmm. it? Okay. Yeah, wow. and, and, and the problem with that is even if the warhead doesn't go off, the, it, it's got so much kinetic energy, it's like you, you shot a squirrel with a slug. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, it's just got a, the energy of the missile alone is a thing. So, yeah, I don't want to see World War Three. I'd yeah, really no. like to avoid that if we could. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. But Ta- that, that's me. Tactically D Gaming says, hey, Tim, shout out from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Just wanted to tell you about my son, Cole, who watches religiously, religiously with me every day. It's to the point I can't watch unless he is awake. He is two years. Can he get a shout? Tweeted a few <laughs> pics to you. Shout out, Cole. Thanks for watching, man. Yeah. Get them while they're young. Good job, Cole. Douglas Kaplan says, yesterday you talked about shadow figures in your room. I have and still experience those. Do you think they could be your faults and guilt that manifested? I'd love to talk more about it, and sometimes I'm terrified of it. Thoughts, hmm. and God bless your group. Uh, that story was like, I was like 13, so I really don't think so. I don't think I had any strong guilts or faults when yet. I was a little kid. <laughs> the story was that uh, when I was a little kid, I woke up, and I could see like shadow figures walking past my door, and then I tried to just ignore it, and then felt a presence. Like, mm. I could hear the steps, and I could... It felt like something was walking up to my bed and then stood there and then walked away. And I was just like a little kid. So so, so the, this person's asking maybe did those come from inside? And you're thinking, no, that's outside. Yeah, no. I, I For all I know, I was a groggy little kid and some people broke into my house. I had mm-hmm. that thought last night when you were talking about it. Like, did you have emotional trauma that it was ex- that it was manifesting as like, I feel like something is there. It's Bro, like, I was a little a, kid playing Mario Brothers. I guess. I don't know. I was outside of Chicago, huh? Or maybe mm. you have a thought and that these extra dimensional entities latch on to that kind of thinking. That's a third. The other, the other story was that one day I was sleeping and I woke up in the middle of the night, rolled over on my left side and saw the floor. And there looked like there, there was a strange waving energy reflection of light of something that looked like water being reflected, but 10 times more bright, like brighter. And that um, I freaked out and I went, someone just suggested that might be intense moonlight. Do you think that was possible? No, because I lived in the, I lived in Chicago where you have no like there's no window that's going to give you a I mean perhaps perhaps because all the houses are identical and next to each other that the one window like the perfect angle of moonlight it's entirely possible and that's why it only happened one time 
That's what I'm saying. There's, there's always some reasonable explanation. I'm some little kid. I have no experience or wisdom, and I see something I don't know, and I freak out about it, and that's it. But sometimes you see that stuff. Like, I saw infrared light. You know, I saw it when I woke up one day. It was just going into my phone. It's always there. So maybe we can we talk about this on a, on a, different, mm-hmm. All right. a different day. Black Rock Beacon says, great guest. Chris was like the first guy I started following at the beginning. I started hearing bio stuff, started posting right around the same time as him. Post a lot of this early stuff. Right on. All right. Thanks. Thanks for that. JD says, hey, Tim, really love all of your content. I've been subscribed for over two years now and recently noticed YouTube no longer gives me notifications when you mm-hmm. start your live show. Not sure why that is. I think we're all kind of sure why that is. <laughs> well, that happens to me all the time. My, my subscribers say that a lot. And I can, yeah. I can track it. So when I look at, like when I put a video out, how many come through notifications? How many come through search? Notifications is like under 5% every time now. This is the pressure I was talking about. Mm-hmm. They don't exactly. need to ban us outright. But they exert pressure on our channel so that over time attrition destroys them. Or they nudge you and you learn, oh, if I should maybe not say things like that, right? It's yeah, a well, nudging. It's a little nudge. We're pretty obstinate. And so you find people like Ethan Klein of H3H3. He used to be super edgy. He would spout racial slurs on his show. Now he's super mainstream because he learned his lesson. Mm-hmm. And for that, he's rewarded with millions of views on his podcast. There you go. Do you have multiple videos a day that you put up when you don't get notifications? I, I put up two a week for sure, um, and special weeks get more. But but this notification thing really kicked in when I started talking about certain unnamed substances that you can't talk about. Oh, okay, right, and then just notice that it just it's a form of throttling. Someone suggested that you only get notifications for three videos a day yeah, per channel. Um, I don't know how true it is, but we put up clips, so it might yeah. be that you're getting notifications for the clips, and then when the fourth, no, no, yeah. we, at most we put up one a day. But and for us, people say I always got notifications for the live show, and now I don't. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I don't think I can read the first uh, name here, but uh, this guy says, Come skate at Wakefield, Tim. It's pretty close to you, and we would all love you. Like 20 of us watched you on Joe Rogan at once. I just skated in Wakefield last week, and I made the joke that whoever told me to go skate there was trying to kill me because the ramps have, like, uh, like the woods breaking, mm-hmm. and they're huge, and the, everything's falling apart. And I'm like, you know, this is crazy. But we went there. It was, it was fun. There's a concrete section, which is actually pretty good. But still, it's like, you know, those ramps, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe you could build it back up with a GoFundMe or something. Oh, apparently they're renovating it. And oh, they're going to cool. fix it up. So it's a big park. It's pretty cool. They just need to fix a lot of stuff. And the, and the, and the, and the, the transitions were super steep. It's fun. With this, there's like a six, I think it's a six-foot mini ramp, but it's really steep. So you go up and you're like floating right away. It's a very, very fast transition. Okay, Cody, I see what you're doing here. He says, I, I got to say something. I'm speechless. You know, like that book by Michael Knowles. Yeah, that's right. Like that book for Michael Knowles. I believe you can get it on Amazon. Oh, shout out to Amazon. What am I Slay- What are other good? Slay the Dungeon says, hi, Tim. Thanks for inspiring me. I started with YouTube. Thanks to you to help with culture with D&D. Search Slay the Dungeon. I also sent you an email to your jobs email. I'm a professional DM and pay the bills with it. I think we're going to need Ian to spearhead that uh, that sure that onboarding um, project. I would love to. Message me on Twitter, man. We'll talk D&D. Yeah, so uh, the idea is we would – it was a really good idea for a show. Someone super chatted us where we would basically do scenarios like once a week. Someone would write a D&D scenario. Someone emailed me saying you can't do that where it's episodic. It needs to be continuous. Oh, you can do whatever you want. No, but this is a good idea because we could do a series of 13 episodes where it's kind of like watching a show. Where you've basically got episode one, the introduction to the story. Here's the characters. 
Let's play, and then everyone's dying to know what happens by episode thirteen. Did you ever guys ever read Grail Quest? Mm-mm. The old books they were kind of like you play as this guy Pip who like wakes up in this body and he's got Excalibur Junior, this little sword, and Merlin's like telling him, and it's like an adventure book that you read and you roll dice. But it was it's like he, every every book he would be in a new world in the same like body that he would animate. And so we could do something like that. Rampton says, when did you launch the alpha? It still sucks. We did not launch the alpha. The new alpha is missing a ton of things, um, but we have the, the, it, it feels like it's 85% done. And so we're, we're aiming for about a week from now to hammer out. I think the beta might be in a few days. It's awesome. I've not, I've not seen a website like it. It's, it's going to be like a news website, but it also lists individual channels that we have. So like our YouTube channels, we're going to have different shows and podcasts. And then we've got the newsroom with like trending articles and all that stuff. I am, I am mad impressed. These, these guys are fantastic at, at what they're doing. And I'm really excited. Um, because we're going to have probably like 30 different shows, hopefully within a year or so. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how much we should mention about our conversation from last night. Ben said, you know, we're working on a project with Ben. There we go. And, yeah. uh, ben Stewart. He's, he's fantastic. We'll, we'll give you more details as we go, but Ben Stewart, phenomenal producer. I'm really excited to work and with him. And then we're going to be really cool to hook you up with Ben Stewart at some point. Cool. Great. Thank we're we're going to be launching a new podcast too, which may be once a week, and it's the Mysteries show. So we have uh, Shane Cashman, who's writing these these excellent mystery stories, the unexplained, paranormal conspiracies, just good, good, good old spooky, spooky fun times. And then we're going to have that recorded and we're going to do a, a full episode with like sound effects and like creaking noises and oh, footsteps nice. and all the good stuff. Yeah. So you can really like chill out late at night during a thunderstorm and just put it on and be like, oh man. And then, but, but it all, that's only about 15 minutes and then it's going to go to open conversation where, you know, whoever's hanging out for the day will be like, how did you find this story? And like, this is crazy. And then just have an open conversation about the weird. That'll be so much fun. Definitely fun. That sounds like fun. Royce Ledwig says, highly suggest getting some beehives at the Cast Castle. Chicken City and Bumble Building, let's go. And I'm, I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. We got we got such a lot of grass, and there were bees everywhere, and they were chilling. They were. I walked over. I was picking up apples. The bees were floating around there doing their thing. I was doing my thing. We are having a good time. Do you so ever, speaking about those experts, get yourself a bee expert. It's very complex. Yes. But, oh, my God, having bees is Matt so much Walsh's. fun. They, yeah, good honey. They are so cool how they operate. It, once you groove on them and just just... However you want to, you know, settle in, just watch them. They are amazing what they do. We and have really chill. West Virginia wild honey, and you glaze that bacon with it and then put it on the grill. Something else, man. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Honey's legit. Yeah, I had the Manuka honey. You ever eat that stuff? Yeah. With the, yeah, yeah. the healing properties. Ian, Ian ordered, what, like 10 gallons of honey? We got it in the basement. <laughs> Salt and honey and vinegar, man. That'll That's it. It never going to survive. We can boil water and make <laughs> hey, man, it great. You'll, you'll, you'll start emaciating to a certain degree, but you'll have honey. Yeah. You know, better than nothing. It does. Complex. It, it never sugars. spoils. They, what did they found honey in, like, ancient Egyptian tombs? Yep. That was still edible? It crystallizes. It doesn't yeah. rot. That's amazing. Yeah, it takes those bees something like 2 million flowers that they visit mm-hmm. to make a pound of honey. And they go oh. out and they, they do it. And a single hive might have 50, 60 pounds you can harvest. Wow. It's astonishing. And they make your fruits grow. So, you know. There's a lot of fruits, <clears throat> 2 million flowers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right. Trash Panda says, why is it that the solutions that elites and Greta Thunberg have will kill millions and wreck everything instead of pushing for interplanetary colonization or planting more trees and nuclear power? I don't know if we can get to interplanetary colonization fast enough. And I don't even know if it's possible. Right. A lot of I think I think the Mars stuff is a bit of a pipe dream. Well, I do, too. And if you if people are really excited, there is a place in Antarctica you can go which is about that cold and has about that much water, which is none. There's a dry valley there. So just go hang out there for two weeks. Tell me how much fun you're having. If you still want to go to Mars, I think doesn't, yeah, we'll talk. Doesn't Antarctica still have a magnetosphere to guard you from solar it, flares? It, it does. It has yeah, that, that which is kind of awesome, too. Yeah. Yeah. Have you Mars, guys, Mars, none of that, though, huh? No, no, yeah. no. And it's, it's just it's really cold, barren, and desolate. Listen, we already have a perfect spaceship. It's here. If, we can't, if you can't operate this one. You're really going to hate what happens on Mars. Dude, I just, that's how I look at it. I just heard that. You know that big trench on Mars? I mean, let's do it, but don't don't hope that that's our, like, you know, how we're going to yeah. save ourselves. I got a double-part comet. You know that, that giant trench on Mars? It's huge. It's like a third of the planet or something. I thought it was like a planet collided with Mars and ripped it open, and all the all the magma flew out in the atmosphere and coated the planet with iron dust, and it rusted. Now that's why there's all this iron oxide. But apparently it was struck by electricity. Mars and Venus have been hit by electrical and the moon too and that's why there's all these craters all over the place it's electrical ex- you, know, you know people don't understand you are not independent from the atmosphere and the and the and the biosphere and the ecosystems of this earth the easiest way i think i can explain how to understand this is if you've ever played super mario world you've played it yeah you've played it great game Mm-mm. mario world no groundbreaking all right so when you go to the haunted houses you know how there are those white bars and the boo ghost will come out of it and move around, but then go back into it. Hmm, no, you don't. You don't remember that? Remember I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about. And those who don't, too bad. But those who do, they're going to go. Oh, you are connected to everything on this planet. Breathing in the air, how how the chemical composition of the air is made by all the other plant life. What is what is what is soil made of? We walk outside. We walk in the soil. What is that made of? Oh, billions and billions of organisms. A um, little what? bit of clay, a little bit of carbon, a little organic matter. It's all so kinds of stuff. What you're, what you're saying is that when I walk in my backyard, I'm standing on the corpses of billions of dead creatures. And, and uh, the live bodies of billions more. That's right. Yeah, so we emerge from this primordial muck. Before we could even begin to exist, there's tons of, probably more than billions, probably trillions mm-hmm. of dead things that we grow out of and grow our food from. From Crazy. clay. They say we came from clay, the, the original people. Well, it's Crazy. like, the, it's this fractal thing, right? So you, you take yourself, you're a whole thing, you can find out you're a cell. You go down, 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 there's just, there's just more and more and more stuff. We can't see it. So a, a single tablespoon of soil has about as much complexity as, as a maybe a couple dozen square miles of rainforest. Now, we can wow. imagine rainforest because you can go and you can see all the monkeys and the vines and it's really cool and there's ants. But the soil's like that too. We just can't see it. Except in the Alaskan rainforest where there's no monkeys. No monkeys, but no. they should get them. Monkeys. I don't think they would last very <laughs> long up there. <laughs> well, maybe now. I don't know. I heard it was 121 degrees in get Canada warm, yesterday. Yeah. So Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Well, the hottest yeah. it's ever been, right? right. Yeah. Two days in a row at least. Yeah, n- not by a little, but by a lot. Wow. You know. oh, great. All right. Check it out. Daniel J. Korica says, wastewater treatment plant operator here. Tim, the sewage is treated before it is discharged into the receiving waters. They don't dump raw sewage. I don't know about Chicago and the surrounding areas because I think there's a big scandal where they did. And it caused a big problem with E. coli or something. Well, I think, I think for the most part they do and they try, but during heavy rainstorms when the, when the plants get flooded, it happens. Remember when Dave Matthews band, I think it was, drove over the bridge in Chicago and then the bus driver like, or someone on the bus yeah. pulled the release and sprayed their 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 tank onto a boat underneath. Oh. 
I didn't know there was a boat. That's right. That's they because the the, the 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 bridges in Chicago are grates, oh. so you can look straight down. And I guess the driver was like, "Eh, we're over water." Pulls it, and there was a oh. boat passing, and they all get sprayed. <laughs> Dude, yeah, for real. That's Save that brutal. T-shirt. Dave Matthews, man. Yeah, I'll keep it. <laughs> Commander two three two says, as someone right leaning, this is what I say to people about climate change. It is happening, but not in the way the far left screams it is. Earth doesn't have a stable climate, never has. All we can do is stabilize the gradual change, not run away. Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, in, entirely possible. It, all I can tell you is I really enjoyed growing, growing up during a period of climate stability. And so I don't call it climate change anymore. I call it climate instability. We're clearly entering a period of instability, and that's not cool. Um, so if you look at, like, climate over time, humans, it was the last 10,000 years has been, like, really stable on this chart. It's like a flat line. That's when we developed all this stuff. We're like, oh, this is, we'll just do agriculture because the rains always fall here. Yeah. If that changes, a lot changes. Yeah, well, we are reclaiming Vegas, you know. Have you ever read read about that? Well, I was out there and I was visiting the guys who were actually drilling the second set of pipes down into Lake Powell because the first ones were, like, getting exposed to air. So (laughs) we got to go lower, right? But I think they're already in danger of that effort like they can see the end of that like it's not going to last and so what is vegas worth without water yes but one thing that is happening is when we ship in pepsi and mountain dew and arizona iced tea Mm -hmm. that water comes from other places so when the food and the bottled drinks go into vegas and then people drink it they then go to the bathroom that water stays in that area so i was reading about how there's more clouds now there, and, and also, I think lawns. that's due to the golf courses. <clears throat> you know, when no, you no, fly, probably is. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Evapotranspirating all that water back up into the air. Yep. I don't, I, again, the AI machine, beep, beep, beep. Don't have golf courses in Vegas, okay? Just I, I disagree, actually. Just don't do that. The AI would probably say build golf courses in Vegas to reclaim more desert. Allocating water from areas that have heavy water, like all the rainfall, rainfall on the East Coast. Look at, look at Florida. You could take a bunch of that water from Florida and send it somewhere else. It rains nonstop. That's a cool idea, but water's heavy. It's it so is. hard. It takes so much energy to move it. Have you heard? But but, but think oh. about the ability to uh, expand the biome and grow more life. The Sahara, for instance, insane how massive it is. AI would probably be like, you get one person to spit, and you do that fifty billion times, and you're moving fluids and water. We are learning how to do agriculture in different ways so that if you actually replicate what we had in the plain structure, we have like these massive grasslands and then you have these huge herds that come thundering through, you actually create more soil and you, you retain more water. So we're learning how we can <laughs> reclaim desert by just running our, our, our cows differently. But of course, we're going to grow all our meat in labs now. So have you seen I don't solar? Know to do about that anymore. These called solar updraft towers. You, you have this huge like mile radius circle of like tarp and in the middle there's a giant tower and so the sunlight hits the tarp all day the air rushes towards the tower in the middle and turns these crank turbines and then goes up the tower and out and it condenses at night the water condenses down and it starts to grow plant life in the desert sounds like dune mm-hmm. yeah we could build those all over the place they're they're out there all right zaleski says hearing tim say dumb mother effer is like five mm-hmm. times on the Bannon members only segment was worth the $10 a month. That's right. Glad to know YouTube might be more lax with swearing now. Pissed him is a best him. Yeah, I was, I, I got mad because I said, I know a bunch of dumb mother effers who had no business being involved in politics Tim, all of a sudden coming out. Tim's a blue red mage. If you've ever played magic, he shows you the blue when on YouTube, but he shows you the red on the after show. Yeah. When, when we play magic, the gathering. So it's, it's like chaos and control combined. Mm-hmm. So whenever people play games against me, my, my MO is always to just like make the game really strange 
no one can do th- like I change the rules in weird weird ways so the games last for four hours and everyone's like ugh they try to do something and then it backfires and then there's one that turns their spells into doves and they got a bunch of one one doves for some reason dovescape by the way <laughs> anyway Carlo Big House says Dr. Chris Martinson is an American hero Chris your videos saved lives thank you for having him on Tim and continuing to share truth and reason even while the machine struggles to silence it you know you. there's been uh, it has gotten a little bit better in some ways it's pretty bad but I remember, like, two years ago, the censorship was so intense, it was like, man, I almost had a breakdown on, on several occasions, where, like, a big breaking news story would come out, and I'd be sitting there looking at it being like, I literally can't say any of this New York Times story on YouTube. And so it'd be really frustrating. I'd try to record, and then I'd have to, like, not say w- certain words because YouTube would just nuke you if you did. And I'm like, I'm reading the New York Times, man. And so then eventually I would turn off the recording and I'd just be like, this is insane, man. Mm-hmm. This is insane. I've we got to do something. I got a feeling that censorship, it's not getting worse necessarily. What's happening is it's up, we're, it's getting better consistently, but it's up and down as it constantly goes up, like right. evolution. And like, because they used to kill people for speaking out against the church. Like that was the worst thing. Now we're just in a downswing as it jolts up and down, I think, because it's only been like seven years or something like that. <clears throat> well, yeah, we do the same thing at, at my website where, you know, I, I love being able to talk to lots of people and reach them, but I've had to reserve what I actually think for behind a paywall um, because yeah. I, I got to keep the trolls out. I don't want Google sort of sniffing it and all that other stuff. And I got to be honest, I, I you're right. You got me. I, I love the truth. I just love it. Yeah. And, and I don't know what the truth is, but man, I can smell BS a mile away. And I, I can't talk about that as freely as I used to, and that bothers me. I think it'll come It'll come to a point where I'm like, hey, everybody, thanks for joining the show. We're going to sit here in silence for the next hour, and then we'll go to TimCast.com. No, but, uh, you can't set up a live stream for the purpose of moving everybody to a different show. Hmm. So YouTube bans you for that. That's weird. Yeah, hmm. like people have made streams where it's like, hey, go watch this stream here on Twitch instead, and then YouTube shuts the stream down and bans you for hmm. it. So that won't ever come about. But it will be like, we're going to do a show for about 15 minutes. What's your favorite color? Blue. Oh, excellent. Mm. And uh, you uh, do you like Arnold Palmer's, the drink? Yeah. They're good. Mm-hmm. Can we just yeah. meditate? Mm-hmm. Then we'll do like Ian. a 12-minute <laughs> meditation. Are those new glasses? <laughs> no, but thank you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my glasses? Know, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> Bree Anna says, Tim, I would like to know your opinion on John McAfee and Whacked. As well as uh, as the reason why several big names in online communities are censoring anything related to it. What's going on? I honestly don't know. I, I did a video segment about it where his wife came out saying she didn't think he took his own life and he wasn't suicidal or anything like that. I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of speculation, but nothing I can really say. You know, there's like uh, apparently some crypto uh, Ethereum started moving around or something or like like really small amounts. They think they're NFTs. No idea. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about it really. No, nothing to get your arms around. Woody says, just wanted to mention something about that vitamin C stuff. I looked into carnivore dieting a few years ago, and there was information I discovered showing that we don't absorb as much vitamin C because it competes for the same receptors as carbs. Any thoughts on this? Do you know hmm. anything about that? No, I haven't heard about that one, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. So scurvy was a big thing, right? It, it was awful. Your teeth would fall out. It was, it was really bad. Um, so getting, getting that vitamin C back in was really, really important. Um, most of that, as far as I'm aware, not coming from meats itself. It's coming from, you know, obviously certain types of fruits and vegetables, things like that. 
But th- th- this is uh, this is a big one, actually. Uh, Andrea says, so Cuomo's shutdown of Indian Point nuclear power plant was finalized in April 2021. That plant provided 81% of New York's clean energy output. It also provided 19 to 25% of New York's and surrounding areas total power. Cuomo promised NYC would be okay without it. Who would have guessed? Mm. Yeah, they had they had power shutdowns. The, the oh, grid it, was it, failing. It's just magic. You just plug your plug in another outlet on the wall, and it just shows up. It's just it's ridiculous how I, how, how silly that is. We w- we need these new plants badly. I was talking to an activist once, and this was the craziest thing to me. I was explaining how nuclear power is clean energy. That sure we should make sure it's safe. No meltdowns. Thorium salts a big thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and. The response was, we don't need any of that. Just plug your, your, your computer into the wall. And I was like, <laughs> right, right. Well, well, like, sure, but we're talking about coal power plants. Yeah, we don't need any of those. Like, the, it's like in the wall. I'm not kidding. That was an actual oh, conversation they I had. Jo- they had to be joking. No. Oh, it's like, like the milk on the shelf. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was like, you, you, you know <laughs> that there are like wires back there and it all connects to like the grid. Uh-huh. And there's a place where they store and produce it. And they were like, no, it's just, I thought it was just like there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's, uh, we, we have, we have some big things to work on, but I, I actually would, would be, I would sign up, not, not for these big boiling water nuke plants like they have at Indian Point, all that other stuff. Forget that. These little pebble bed reactors. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the, the Voyager spacecraft is out there taking pictures from billions of miles yeah. away. It's got a little nuke plant on it, right? Really? So these things are, yeah. What, what are they? They're, 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 they're just a way of, they, they take the heat and they convert it more directly into electricity. You don't have to boil water. So they have these little pebble bed reactors and things like that. And they can uh, fit in the size of a, of a storage container. What does it do? It, it literally takes the energy that's coming out of the nuclear fission process. That creates a lot of heat and it takes the heat and it converts it into electricity through either a thermoelectric oh, wow. process or some mm-hmm. other process, right? Where it's just taking that energy and converting it more directly. Right, so you oh. could set these things up, and it would power like five, six hundred homes in a neighborhood, right? And it would last for decades. Is it also uranium? That is uranium, but I do like you mentioned thorium. I like the yeah. I like the lifters a lot. I think we should invest in that technology. Right we'll, on. We'll probably right. be buying it from China though, because they're working on it. We're not. Mm. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna do one more because we really want to get to that member segment. So yeah. Stephen Orr says, "Shout from Akron Children's Hospital. Keep the convo flowing. I listen in the AM. Takes my mind off my situation." My son was born three months early. Now he is six months old and has chronic lung, uh, chronic lung issues. Wizard Crossland. My friend, I was born in Akron General. My, my father used to work there as an orthopedic technician. That's my. Nine months early, right? That's what I heard. I was born nine months early. <laughs> on demand. He, he emerged from a rift in the time space continuum as you see him now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mother, my father meditated and I was he born appeared. from the ether. <laughs> And mm-hmm. like as, as his me. his being was being formed, Ian's mom was like, "We need more power." I can't control and the dad it. was like, "It's not enough. I'm losing it. Don't give and up." And like the other three scientists, like got blown back. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And then Ian was like, only in Akron. It's an Akron story. <laughs> he was gotta really, go. really gaunt with long fingers, yeah. and he had gray, scaly skin. And he was like, "What am I?" Earth is. And they're like, "Quick, quick, hold him down!" And he was thrashing and screaming. And then they gave him shrooms, and then he started to change back to where oh what he is now. Gosh. Now you see him as he is. I've asked him like five times not to tell that story. <laughs> it checks out though, doesn't it? Okay, everybody, down. smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. More importantly, go to timcast.com, become a member. We will have that that members only segment up. Yeah, hopefully around eleven, but it might go long because it's going to get intense. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can follow the show at Timcast IRL on Facebook, Instagram, basically wherever else. 
And um, we do the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m., so we will be back tomorrow. And you can follow me personally at TimCast. Do you want to shout out your channels or anything? Sure. You can find me at PeakProsperity.com. That's my uh, big old website there. Got a great team helping me run that. And check out Chris Martinson, M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N, at YouTube, at Chris Martinson on Twitter, all over the place. You do subscriptions on peakprosperity.com? We do. We, we have subscriptions. We've got a paywall, and, and we go deep. So anybody wants to actually follow where the data is going, and, and we've got a great community of people. Oh, really nice. smart, really curious. Someone, someone said Ian is a homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the yeah, – yeah. you got to play magic to, to get it, I guess. What is that? He's like a little uh, one-eyed – the homunculus? Yeah. Homunculus is an artificial creature created by alchemists, uh, artificial human made by alchemists. You know me so well. Yeah. <laughs> so your parents were alchemists, they manifested yeah. you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. My dad was in the Navy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all can follow me at iancrossland.net and at iancrossland on all social media. Thank you for coming. Did you guys notice the sword behind Ian? Oh, yeah. It's, this is uh, oh, Link's master yeah, sword, that. is it not? Wow. Yeah, it's the master sword. Woo, you can see part of it. There's That's a sweet. Triforce embedded in the... We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're moving the studio. They're beginning construction tomorrow. Man, I'm stoked. Nice. Yeah, so it's uh same building, just we're we're the the seat the, the table's gonna be attached to the ceiling, not the floor. Nice. Yeah, Super we're going exciting. crazy. Nice. Yeah. I love yeah. to hear it. Right on. You deserve it. And I'm also in the corner. I was gonna say Ian's parents were trying to make gold and they came up with Ian, which I would say is a pretty good exchange. You guys can follow me at Sour Patch Lids on Twitter as I attempt to gain more followers and Sour Patch Kids. Go to Timcast.com, become a member. The episode will be up at some point tonight. It may go long, and we'll see you all there. Bye, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.